and welcome to episode 12 of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs, which would be our round two teamless Tuesday. Uh, Ryan, we had an awesome weekend of football. How are you? Uh, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm doing quite well. My team's looking all right. I'm pretty happy for for round one. What about yourself? Yeah, me too. I uh, I had my best ever start to the year. Normally, I uh, I'm a little bit like. Uh, one of the horses that is the favourite but then falls all the way back to the end of the race and then storms home in the straight but then sort of breaks its leg when it's almost at the end. That's normally yeah. what happens to me with my oh, running guy. running out of trade. So <laughs> what, what I'm hoping is I can sit in the middle of the pack instead of right at the back and uh, maybe not have to use up enough juice through the middle so that I can power home to the finish. Oh, that sounds like a good strategy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going for, mate. So, uh what uh, what we're going to do is basically have a do a, a one episode for the week where we do a recap of what happened from last weekend and then a look forward to this week uh, and sort of try to touch on the questions that have come through on the socials in the last hour or so while I was sitting in the uh, in the rain trying to drive home in the traffic, which was awesome. So, um, mate, let's just get stuck straight into it. So what you actually did is put together a... Um, I guess, a dream team for this weekend just gone. Um, So the criteria that we used for this dream team was that it had to fit within the same salary cap that every team started with. So it's not physically the best scorers. It's just the best scorers within the salary cap. Uh, And also the other criteria was that you had to have positional cover in every every, uh, position. Was that sort of how we ended up? Yeah, trying to make it like a bit of a realistic team, I suppose. Yep, cool. All right, mate. So basically, just to do a run through, um, we had obviously Reed Marnie who belted out uh, what is 109 or something like that as the top scorer for the round. So he would have been our captain and also our hooker. Into Daniel Saifidi, Jai Arrow, and Leeson Armow as our middles, and Hudson Young and Curtis Sirenen as the edges. Other Sirenen, Bailey, Bailey, Bailey Sirenen. Yeah. The better Sirenen, right. <laughs> Cleary and Hunt in the halves is with Cleary as the vice-captain, uh, scoring 96 points this week. Josh Dugan, Jordan Rapana in the centres, and then Latrell, Brett Morris, and Brian To'o as our wing fullback with Jaden Braley, Chad Townsend, Dallin Watini zelezniak Actually, it's not Chad Townsend. It is Anthony Milford, uh, which allows us to get uh, Jacob Little into the team, along with Fuimano, David Mead, and Tessie Neu. I think that's everybody. So, mate, uh, obviously in that list there's a couple of guys who we sort of picked as being good options through the process, namely uh, Lisa Armow we highlighted as possible, but maybe um, not so much with the the minutes with the Warriors. Um, one thing we noticed is that we thought sort of Bailey Sirinan, who's also in the list here, was going to play... Uh, only a limited minutes on the edge there, but it seemed like he came on. And then, but then they had a HIA with uh, Egan, who I know they were talking about as an eighty-minute hooker. So let's just deal with both of these Warriors guys at the same time. What are your sort of thoughts around the two there? So Armiel, obviously, he managed to get sixty-one points in forty-two minutes uh, with a try. So, what part of that do you think sustainable, and what part is are we sort of inflating a little bit there? Yeah, I mean, we know Armel is just an absolute weapon off the bench. It was all just a matter of minutes with him. Like, we knew if he could get the minutes, he was going to be a decent buy. But there was just so much uncertainty going into the season about what's what are the Warriors actually going to do. Um, 
you know, we know he had a try. Uh, and it was a big fat one with a couple of tackle busts in there. Um, I think if you, I think he had, I think it was about an 18 point try from memory when I was watching it. So, I mean, that puts him into a mid 40s, which is, you know, a little bit above his career PPM, but, you know, he, he didn't get any game time under the new rules last year. So maybe he is a one PPM guy now because he was 0.9 yeah. before for the new rules. So, Well, I know he does do better with his PPM off the bench than he does when he mm. starts. I've, I've noted that and it's, it's a significant difference. It's something like zero point. It's more than one point every 10 minutes. So like it's, it's a difference of probably over a 40 minute stint. It's probably the difference of three or four points. Uh, so that might be might be he would have ended up on mid forties with mid forties minutes. So, you know that's about what we expect from him. But Wade Egan only played forty five minutes. Obviously, they've talked about wanting to give him eighty. Um, how much of that? You know, realistically, are we expecting Arm out to drop maybe drop down to thirty five rather than forty one. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a chance there was some inflated minutes there because I know Bailey Sirenen failed his HIA as well, as well as Egan failing his. So, yeah, but potentially there was, uh, you know, some minutes inflations there. So I'd, I'd still be a little bit cautious because, you know, we know we've seen that uh, Fanua Blake and Tohu Harris are going to continue to play some big minutes. So, yeah, I, I, he's, he's obviously a good player, but I'm still a little bit nervous about him. Yeah, I'd probably go so far as to say... Both of them might be traps. Uh, definitely Sirenen, I think. But, you know, but he played 50 straight or whatever before he got his HIA. He got a try as well for 62 points in 49 minutes or thereabouts. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, again, it just goes back to that uncertainty. Unfortunately, because he copped that HIA, we don't actually know what his role is yet. <laughs> you know, like we, we have, we've had that one week look and we still don't know. Yeah, I just... Um, it's a big worry for me, especially now that he's he has increased that thirty two thousand. So he's up in four seventy, like four hundred and seventy k. That's sort of starting to to get up there in price. I mean, you know, for a similar price, you can have a guy that we're going to talk about a little bit later. You know, another one that I'm looking at, a couple of guys we'll talk about. So uh, that I think probably have more predictable roles, um, and especially with that sort of price point, you are kind of ideally targeting somebody that's a little bit predictable. Um, so uh, Reed Marnie, mm. obviously he had an awesome game, but um, in addition to the mandatory try or whatever that comes along with putting 109 points up, he also made 55 tackles with no missed tackles. Um, have you ever seen Marnie go a game without miss, like missed tackles? Like that's a staple of his stats normally. Yeah, it's it's funny. I'm actually looking at his stats from last year. He had one game against Penrith last year. He made 51 tackles for no missed and dead set. That was his only stat. Like he had five run meters. He finished on 51 points with 51 tackles. Yeah. Um, but no, typically he's always missing at least a couple of you know every game. Um, yeah, it's pretty out of the ordinary. Yeah, so here we've got him for a try plus a try assist, two line breaks, 55 tackles with no missed, three tackle busts, 100, almost 110 metres running and then 100 metres kicking. That's very unusual for him. You know, you could probably knock off at least two points and five points for the running and the kicking, which takes you down to 100. Obviously, you try and your couple of tackle busts and, you know, two line breaks. And try. Like, I mean, this would be a like a normal game here. He scores, what, 75, 80 points, which he has done in the past. Um, but I, I really just don't think he's going to be – he's not going to be some, you know, breakout Damien Cook 70-plus scorer per game. I just don't think that's that's him. 
uh, and teams that aren't as gassed as what the Broncos are are going to take advantage of him being a smaller hooker. Yeah, for sure. No doubt he was absolutely massive against the Broncos. But, you know, Will Smith's still on the bench. I kind of feel like the reason Marnie played um, the full game last week because was because of how well he was going, you know. like yeah. and, and in a game where they were trying to fight to come back, I don't know, I still think regularly, I don't know if he's going to get that 80 minutes. And I think this is the classic example of chasing points if you're bringing in him this week. And I think his ownership's gone up by about 3 or 4% this week. Yeah, he's up at 5.7%. He would have been in the ones beforehand. Uh, mate, speaking of chasing points, uh, I guess we can lump Daniel Saifidi and uh, Hudson Young into that category. I did notice that the um, the number one team, um, yeah, he had Hudson Young. So obviously we're not expecting Hudson Young to do that average every week. He had, a, once again, a try, 78 points. Uh, his average, I remember, is about sort of mid to high 40s mm. at an 80-minute back row. So um, don't rush him into your team expecting that he's going to do that every single week. Um, they don't get to play Leilua Incorporated every week. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> and, and just exactly the same for Daniel Saifidi. Like how often is a prop going to score two tries? Yeah. Mate, well, last I put up in our socials through the week last year in, in the first game of the new rules, he had a massive score as well, 72, and he averaged under 50. So it's it's he, he does it. He does score a couple of tries every now and then, and he, he does throw up these big games, and then he has his low games as well. Mate, speaking of big games, Nathan Cleary obviously played awesome, and he, mm. but he is, he is a gun. Um, my thing is uh, – Obviously, for the teams that started with Nathan Cleary, it worked for round one with your strategy, um, starting with Cleary. Uh, hopefully, you had the C on him. A lot of people did. But um, don't expect him to score 95 points every week either. Yeah, exactly. You know, like he's had that massive score in his break, even still 57. So um, there's every chance he could. It's only going to take one like score of 50, and he's going to start going backwards pretty quickly, I think. Round three against the Storm. Yeah, well, it's a perfect contender. Um, it's probably it might not happen this week, but yeah. <laughs> he, he's got Bulldogs in round two, and then Manly in round four, um, which is you know pretty much the dream. But then he's got the Storm and the Raiders on the other side of those, and then the Broncos, which you know depending on which Broncos turn up, and then the Knights. So it's sort of like good one, bad one, good one, bad one type of thing. And I mean, it's not to say that he can't score sixty points against those good teams, even still, because he is a he he does have the base stats. Like he's just all the kicking, he does all the goal kicking. He's, he runs the footy. Like he's definitely a good fantasy football player. Mm. Um, but you know, don't tell. You, what I'm saying, I guess, is don't tear your team apart to fit him in. If you got yeah. him. That's great. Good luck to you. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I think you've got to go about the normal routes now. Um, keep building your team. Uh, uh, unless you've got an absolute, you've got someone in your team that looks like an absolute failed gun. But I can't imagine there's anyone that's really trying to tear the team apart. But um, yeah, like just you know, build up those cash cows and target him as an upgrade target later on because like he's probably not going to get a whole lot cheaper. Like I can't see him getting below eight fifty k without an injury. But um, I, I also don't, I also don't think it's sustainable. He's going to stay up at a million for the entire season. You know, no, mate. Ben Hunt seventy one in eighty minutes without a try. Yeah, what the, what's the go there? I wasn't expecting, uh, but I mean, he does have that that type of game in him, um, mm. you know, where he can pull out those big scores. It's just at halfback, uh, you know, he's a little bit more inconsistent, and 
Um, probably not playing with uh, Corey Norman might have added quite a bit to that as well. Like, yeah. um, like Adam, Adam Clean only had 78 kick metres, you know. Yeah. So there's 50 points just in base stats between tackling, um, sorry, <laughs> tackling metres and kick metres. So he did put up base stats. Normally I think his kick metres is sort of more in the 250 range so you can knock three or four points off there and meet it like he's not going to run for 120 metres a week or, you know, maybe he is. Maybe he's taken the captaincy in his stride. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but, yeah, certainly uh, an up game for Ben Hunt. Um, Dugan and Rapana are same. They do have big scores in them. Um not necessarily – they're both sort of 30-ish now, uh, not the sort of guys you want to be rushing into your team, I don't think, both injured more, uh, fairly regularly recently. Latrell Mitchell, 84 points. He obviously looked really, really good on Thursday night. Um, do we trust it moving forward? Oh, God, I don't know. Because, I mean, like, Latrell's got this game in and we saw this game from him against the Storm last year as well. Um uh, like I've, I've I've always thought that for Luttrell to become a keeper level, he's going to have to get his run meters way up because we we highlighted that he only averages 108 meters at fullback last year, and he had 120 in the first half. So you know, like that's that's pretty ridiculous. I think he only had about 60 meters in the second half. So that's more in line with what he normally gets. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Like because we know Luttrell's a roller coaster, this could just be be the high, I suppose. Yeah, no. I mean, the, I guess the thing is, like, if you're looking at your team and if there was a, like, if Teddy broke his leg tomorrow, um, I'd probably have a, I'd probably give Latrell a shake. Mm. Uh, but, you know, just now, like, you know, he's now sitting in the mid fives. Uh, he's got a break even a six, which is really great for the people that have him. But, you know, there's no guarantee that Latrell Mitchell's going to get six points um, based on what we've seen in the past. Um Unfortunately, I'd love him because I mean, like, he's he's exciting to watch. I've like I've I you know I'm a I love Latrell. I love watching him play. I love having him in fantasy when he's at center and available at center. Uh, I would have been all over him if he was available at center. But you know I just can't pay five fifty for a guy who could throw up thirty six run meters. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I'd be willing to place a bet he's going to score over six this week. This bunny's mm. playing manly. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably going to score a ton. They're going to have a bad time. They're going to have a bad time, okay? Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really not looking forward to Manly prospects this week, but we'll get there in the uh, in the, the preview. So I'm, I've got, I'm, I'm more confident with Latrell than what I was before he played, but I'm not, I'm not willing to. I mean, I've got Pappenhausen and Tedesco and Laurie, so I'm pretty happy with those decisions. Obviously, Laurie's in the team here, so... Um, Brett Morris obviously has up games and then he has not up games. He's already pretty expensive. So, yeah, sort of don't bother trying to to catch the Brett Morris thing. Uh, Toto is an interesting one. Uh, he obviously is uh, was highlighted by the guys on uh, Talking League as somebody. But, um, I mean, as much as it pains me to say this, he's not going to get to play the Cowboys every week. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be a game every week where – you know, he's starting when the Panthers are starting at the 30 meter line, at <laughs> the opposition 30 meter line every week because the Cowboys can't hold onto the ball. Mm. Um, I mean, like, he, he sort of reminded me last week of uh, like David Nofaluma. Like, he looks like that, you know, real tackle breaking winger. 
it's just a matter of if he can do that consistently, you know. But yeah, because uh, like even last year, he, he averaged what five tackle busts a game, which is pretty impressive for a winger. Yeah, he got twelve in this game, which is obviously high, mm. uh, and a try, which boosted him up. But you know, there is a couple of soft games there. But we're starting at six hundred twenty now. If you want to try yeah. and bring him in, like it's a bit pricey. Sort of, yeah, no, de- yeah, for me, not so much. Any super coach players out there, though? I did get him this week for super coach, so. But <laughs> this is a fantasy podcast. Man. I'm willing to take a. a, do, a you know, do you know? Do you know RTS is ten k cheaper than Brighton Top? Oh, no. because he's a dud, man. He plays for a dud team. <laughs> oh, mate. You're going to be wearing their jersey. Um, outside of that, uh, onto the bench, Jaden Braley, obviously, he's awesome. We highlighted him in the preseason as a virtual must-own at the price, um, and he didn't disappoint. He did not look like the Jaden Braley that we were expecting, though. He was much mm. better. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? He was just incredible. Uh, he had a He had a pretty... You know, huge game just footy-wise. Uh, mm. His work rate was right up there. And, yeah, he, he seems like he's taken the captain's armband, maybe similar to Ben Hunt, and just uh, running with it. Yeah, and literally running with it as well. He never was really a big runner of the football, as he seems to be sort of very interested in getting out from dummy half and, and running the ball. So hopefully that is a trend that continues because I really enjoyed that 65 metres, which is sort of on the upper end for what he normally does. But, yeah, he didn't have any missed tackles and 50 tackles, which obviously we're expecting that to come back down. I'd be expecting that to be sort of more like 45 and 2, so you can take 10 off that. But even that's 68 without a try, which is a really good score. And then, obviously, we've got – I can't remember whether it's Milford or Townsend. You, you bloody stuffed my list up and you made it slightly <laughs> wrong and you messed it all up. I mean, we can just um, talk but, about um, both. Mate, Milford and Townsend were both fantastic. Uh, we highlighted them both in the preseason. They both did really well. Both all from base stats, basically, or their version of base stats. Um, obviously, Chad did a bunch of goal kicking because the Dragons aren't very good. Um, he's not going to get to play them every week. But, uh, you know, he's versing the Cowboys in the next couple of weeks. He's versing the Eels. They suck. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to get a bite on that one. Nah, they're all right. <laughs> they're going to get their pants pulled down by the storm, mate. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, but Chad looked really, really good. Obviously, we're one step closer to Johnson, though. So, mate, uh, if I, if I, uh, if you were redrafting your team and you could only have one of Milford or Chad right now, which one would you take based on what you saw? I'd be taking Chad, and I I, I did take Chad. Maybe there's a little bit of bias there, but uh, no, I, I'd, I'd be taking Chad. I'm pretty happy with my decision. He had a billion kick meters but i mean that's sort of what we expected we didn't really expect milf to have that many uh kick meters with Brody croft there and I, i'm not sure that's entirely sustainable i feel like croft might be starting to pinch a few more in the coming weeks but yeah we'll see mm, yeah mate I, i'm just not liking all the negative talk around milford <laughs> is that because you're buying him this week i'm i'm thinking about it he's on my short list um, just I really liked what I saw from the Broncos, which I can't believe that is coming out of my mouth, but I really did. Mm. And, mate, they had the Eels absolutely on the ropes this week and they would have beaten them if the if they didn't lose three players. And not three, like, duds. They lost three key players. You know, they Coates was having an absolute blinder, um, as was, like, Lodge looked really, really good. And then he just sort of... Oh, Miami's gone. And I think even without Lodge, they might have even still pulled it off. But when they lost Asiata and they were stuck just playing, you know, Ben Teo out in the centres for the whole game and it was just, yeah, was wasn't really um wasn't really working. But I really liked what I saw from the Broncos and I um 
I honestly won't be surprised if they beat the Titans on Friday. Yeah, no, they played really well, and I, and I agree. I, I feel like they probably would have gotten home over the Eels if they had some fresh troops. But yeah, it's hard to um, it's hard for any team, like regardless of the Broncos. Like I know Broncos have a reputation of their second halves from last year, but honestly, reg- regardless of the side, any side would struggle with fourteen men for about half an hour. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly with the way the game's gone now, you sort of really, as soon as you start hitting injuries, you're really, um, you know, you're up the creek without a paddle. So, mm. um, but, yeah, no, he looked really, really good. Obviously, uh, outside of that on our list here, Jacob Little started on fire and then got on the treadmill and just absolutely stopped until he scored that try off a, a gorgeous play try assist by Brooks. Mm. And, yeah, he um, started missing, missing tackles for fun, didn't he? Yeah, well, you know, and I, like understandable when you got guys like Tarpany and Josh Papali and Ryan James running at you that you know you're giving up a fair bit of weight there. And I mean, obviously, it gets it much easier this week with the we're playing the Roosters. Um, <laughs> so, um, and with Embo going back to the bench, although he's not really a, theoretically shouldn't be too much of a threat, um, given yeah how fantastic he played on the weekend. But, um, yeah, no, after that, it sort of lightens up a little bit, kind of, with Newcastle. <laughs> um, and then Parramatta, who obviously, once again, they're easy beats. So, um, <laughs> but then they hit the Cowboys juggernaut after that. So, yeah, obviously, they're going to have a, a couple of easy games against Newcastle and Parra before they hit another one, a hard one against the Cowboys. <laughs> No, nah, so I definitely – I think Little obviously is, uh, is an every week sort of just plug him in until he gives you a reason not to. They, mm. He did scare me a little bit with the uh, missed tackles, um, but I think worst-case scenario, he gets dropped, Simpkin comes in and you know, bank your 130K or whatever and, and move on. But, you know, like he – I think he looked pretty good, although Tiger's Twitter seemed to be pretty upset about his slow dummy half service, but I thought he played pretty well, so – um, yeah, speaking of guys that played pretty well in that game, obviously Dane Laurie was fantastic. Mm. Um, he lost a bunch of points. I think they took like 12 points off him randomly though. Yeah, I think he lost seven. I think he was on 51. He went down to 44. He must have lost some tackle breaks or something. Yeah, no, nah, but he uh, he looked really, really good. Really sort of settled and confident in a team that did not look settled or confident. Um, I think he's it's his spot to lose there at the moment. Yeah, hundred percent. He he showed us basically what he showed in the previous trial. Like he's he looks like an absolute jet. Yeah, absolutely. Forty four without the a actual try. Jet. Yeah, and oh my yeah. god. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we're not doing a studs or duds episode this week, or he'd be a he'd be a dud. David Mead. Uh, I know I saw a couple of people talking about buying David Mead as a cash cow. Don't buy David Mead. His average on the wing is like twenty one. Um, he is going to put up big games and then he will score you a six. Um, so don't go there. Same goes for DWZ, um, although Tyson, who was on our last pod, thinks DWZ's a good buy. He is not a good buy. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers our ideal score. So there is a couple of guys there that we're sort of, you know, you got your Jaden Bradley and oh, and Tyrell Fuimano as well. Yeah, so. you, you didn't. You forgot about my boy. I mean, he got bailed out a little bit there in that game um, oh. with the HIA to Josh Kerr. Um, he's another one that's sort of – it's hard to tell where he would have landed had it not been for that. Oh, I think I think um, 
because I was watching him pretty closely. I think he would have gotten about like low to mid forties uh, minutes wise in the in the middle because he he came off at about he was the third forward off. He came off at about the twenty eight minute mark, I remember, and then he came back on again at about thirty one thirty two minutes when Kerr copped his HIA, and then in his second stint uh, he had to move back over to the edge um, when Tarek Sims copped his HIA as well for like the last you know, 10 minutes or so. Um, oh, wasn't, wasn't that a blessing for the Dragons? Yeah. Oh, my God. I saw you post about him. He was, oh, he was pretty ordinary, wasn't he? Yeah. But, no, I think Fui Moana was a great boy. I mean, like, uh, considering I opted for him over Ricky, you know, I, I really can't complain because he was motoring along at, um, you know, about 0.9 ppm um, before he got shifted onto the edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. If he's going to be playing in the middle, I think he's absolutely good. I think it's just a worry. Um, as soon as Hook realizes that Fuimano is actually his best edge player, he might be in trouble. But um, yeah, well, uh, I mean, Fui, Fui can't play both edges though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or well, maybe he could. A Sims and a Josh Kerr equals a Fuimano, which is really, uh, really concerning for the Dragons. But um, yeah, we might just jump into the teams for this week uh, and how they differ. So looking at uh, Thursday night, we've got the Eels versus Storm. Both teams look pretty much the same except for Neo Kore back for the Eels and Hipgrave out, which is basically the same thing. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Ryan? Yeah, um, again, uh, you know, I thought uh, Madison was pretty disappointing last week. Um yeah, we normally expect him to get through a bit more work than what he did, but I mean, may, maybe for those of us who don't own him now, he's he's going to get a little bit cheaper. Uh, you know, we spoke about Reed Mahoney already. Uh, what about what about what are your thoughts on Junior Junior Paulo? I know you were talking about him earlier in the week. No, well, he did get a try, um, and it was I think probably maybe two tackle busts to try and a line break. So what's that? Eight, thirteen, nineteen points, uh, which would have had him firmly down around the. Uh, projected sort of scoring. So had him at 54, uh, which is sort of about where we projected him for if he was going to be playing sort of 60-odd minutes, um, actually almost exactly. I think I had him at 53 and 60. So, um, yeah, I'm not not convinced that he's done anything on top of what I was expecting already, uh, particularly considering that the try came at the expense of a basically a sleep Broncos defensive line at the end of the game because they were so knackered. So yeah, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not reading too much into that. If you have him, obviously it's great, but I wouldn't sort of be going out of my way to think he's going to be scoring a try and seventy something points every week. In fact, I would go so far as to say if I owned a uh, middle forward who played sixty minutes and they scored a try and I only got seventy, I'd probably be a little bit disappointed, mm. um, especially a PPM monster like Paulo, um, Nathan Brown. Mitt did Nathan Brown stuff. Um, obviously, he's good, but, you know, probably yes, not necessarily the value there. I wouldn't be hunting anything there. Isaiah Papali'i looked really good. Um, yeah, didn't he? He was actually one. I don't know if you remember in our preseason stuff, I said I'm going to be really upset because Papali'i's a really good price, but he's just going to sit on the bench and make just enough money that by the time he gets to start, <laughs> he's going to be no value to anybody. That's exactly what's... It's 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 almost exactly happening. So um, he's yeah he's sort of not really you can't sort you can't buy a bench forward for five hundred and fifty k unfortunately. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and you know me, I, I was uh, I was very early on the uh, Papali'i bandwagon when I when I owned him as a failed pod a couple of years ago. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, what about uh, uh, what about your man Tom Opachik? Oh no, you, you keep saying he's crap, but he scored thirty five without a try. Yeah, I just don't want to. Just don't want to. I don't want to. Um, don't want that stress. I don't want the stress, man. I don't want the stress. I reckon we might just move on. Uh, obviously, Dylan Brown, bit underwhelming. Moses, overwhelming. But he's a flat track bully, so that's not nothing surprising. Um, we've already spoken about um, Marnie. Um, for the storm, oh, Pappenhausen. Oh, my gosh. Oh. He was great. He was yeah, so wasn't good. He? You know, and um, was it uh, Jason Oliver on Twitter pointed out that he had the most touches of anyone in the storm team? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and like this goes back, I think, to what I was saying in our very first episode about the way his role has changed in this Storm team. And and I think it was very evident um, in that game the impact he's going to have on this team moving forward. Yeah, and the commentators actually at, high, at halftime highlighted his ball playing specifically as mm. one of his growth areas, which normally the commentators are duds. But, you know, it turns out they're only three months behind you, so not too bad for them really. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mate, uh, speaking of duds, though, Remus Smith. Yeah. Uh, we warned you all. I told you so. Um, I will happily come on here and say when I get things wrong. Uh, well, I probably won't happily do it, but I'll do it. Um, but, I, <laughs> but I'm also going to gloat and say I told you so. And I know sometimes we talk about, like, I've been very sort of vocal on the socials, talking about one-week sample sizes and not getting too overwhelmed. But what we saw from Remus Spe- Smith is exactly what we were predicting to see from him, um, which was him not being very good for fantasy. So um, the problem is now is because he's so cheap and he's lost that bunch of money and everybody else around him also sucks, um, you're sort of stuck without any good options, assuming that you already have testing near. Yeah, exactly. Um, You've definitely got to pivot out of this one because, you know, Branko Lee is probably going to be back soon, so they'll probably push Remus out to the wing, I'd assume. Um, it might actually be better for him, though, to accumulate the, the run meters and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But uh, I don't know if I want to sit around and wait for him to uh, score another 10 this week and all of a sudden no. his break even just keeps climbing. Um, right, well, where are you going to pivot to, James Roberts or Avarillo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, God. I'm glad I avoided both of them. Um, I don't know how. Mate, uh, Somebody who scored pretty well, but you would think that they scored 20 by the way people are talking about him this week is Christian Welch. Yeah. People are, people. Uh, sorry, everyone's just uh, jumping off the wagon after one week, but, you know, he managed 46 in 50 minutes. Maybe, like, uh, you know, the minutes are a little bit down on what we were expecting. I think we were sort of expecting maybe, like, 55, but... Um, well, they didn't need him out there. That was the thing. They were, yeah. giving, they were giving the Rabbitohs a touch-up, and the entire game was played through Josh Adokar ripping that that wing to shreds. So they didn't need him. Yeah, no, very good point. Like, I think the biggest concern with Welch was uh, the forward missed tackles because he was doing a lot of, like, you know, sort of running out and sticking his arms out, you know. Oh, trying... the Tino. Yeah, doing the arm tackle. Doing the Tino. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that would have really frustrated me if I'd ended up with him. But, yeah, um, yeah I wouldn't be bailing on him just yet. If, uh, but, but that said, like, if, you, if you're, you know, in need of uh, one of these guys you missed, then, yeah, maybe I can see why you'd want to pivot to someone else yep cool um do you have anything else to add to this uh storm stuff oh yeah munster was a bit um yeah he's a bit quiet wasn't he for a guy that managed a big try 
Yeah, 54. Well, I don't know if it was B. He just sort of like he Ran looked up. Everyone. He just yeah. looked up and he went, oh, there's the try line. Where's the defense? And I was like, <laughs> oh, they're over there. Let's, they're not going to come and get me at all. Um, 200 kick meters, but he didn't really need to do a lot of kicking because – Josh Adokar was just running around Josh Mansour for the whole game. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to Mansour in a sec. I've got something oh. to say, but um, oh yeah, yeah, he was a uh, he was a little bit down for what you'd expect from him with a try, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, the Eels actually give him a game early on this week. <laughs> yeah, they better turn up. Not like they did last week against the Broncos. Are they going to get their pants pulled down? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, Speaking of t- people getting their pants pulled down, the Warriors pulled mine down over the weekend, <laughs> giving uh, giving the Titans uh, a a uh, a real reality check. Um, I think maybe before the game, the Titans players were all sitting around reading their headlines and watching that documentary. Um, yeah. I, I actually did the same thing on Saturday, and I, I was I was ready for them to put fifty on the Warriors. And I tell you what, they just came out, and the Warriors looked really. Just dominant through the middle, and the tig- the Titans didn't have any answers at all. And uh, mate, uh, amongst all that was RTS not actually doing very well. Yeah, I mean, at least with your pants pulled down, at least you've got a nice bush jersey to cover yourself with now. But um... <laughs> I'm not buying that ugly yellow one, man. That's the worst. It's literally the worst jersey I've ever seen. <laughs> It'll look good on you, though, mate. <laughs> Yellow's not my color. Oh god, but yeah, no. Roger was a, a little bit quiet, but you know that said, like I don't think the like either team were particularly potent in attack. Really, it was a bit like the the trial, um, just a, the the trial game we saw for them two weeks earlier. It was basically just that on repeat. Um, yeah, both teams were just sort of uh, doing one out plays, pushing it around, and didn't really get much going. Um, yeah, I think the the attitude to the game from the Warriors was. Uh, I, I find some, a lot of things in life can be really well described by GIFs. And um, have you seen the one of like the train where it goes to go through the tunnel and it doesn't fit? And it's just like, boom, and like trying to jam this tunnel. That's like what they were doing to the Titans. Just like, no, we are going to go through you, like yeah. um, straight over the top. And, I mean, Fanua Blake was fantastic. I highlighted him in the preseason as somebody who um, – should play 55 to 60 minutes and score mid 50s. And that's exactly what happened. Um, looking like another game that's going to be played up the middle this week against the Knights, who have got a nice pack. So that should be a good challenge for him as well. Obviously, Wade Egan did really poorly. We sort of tried to steer people away from him because there were better options, which turned out to be the better move. Obviously, you can't predict injuries, but his PPM actually was pretty good. It was like 34 and 45 or something like that. Yeah, no, he was. Uh... He was pretty good for for his usual standard, but yeah, like you said, you can't predict a bloke just you know getting decapitated and knocked out. But um, yeah, like but there's just so many other hooker options around, you know. Like most of us have a team uh, are running the brothel strategy and just have a team full of hookers already. Mm-hmm. Like how many more do you need? No, that's exactly right. Um, I mean, yeah, we touched on Bally Siren and Torhu Harris played the whole eighty mm. uh, in a game where they were sort of winning comfortably, which is quite a surprise. Yeah, it's um, massive. Like, because with the limited edges this year, he could uh, definitely be one to look at. Mate, speaking of massive, Ben Murdoch Masilla um, did not play very many minutes. He sure didn't. Um, his ownership uh, dropped quite considerably from when he was uh, named on the bench, but not enough. Not, not enough. Yeah, he's still at nine percent. Uh, what are you doing? Get him out. The moment he was named on the bench, it should have been red flags. But yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, certainly not uh, ideal, mind you. Um, Jordan Ricky played 80 minutes and only scored two extra points. So, you know, <laughs> we probably look silly as well. Um, mate, uh, moving across to the Knights, they gave the Bulldogs a bit of a touch-up in the wet. Um, I thought the Bulldogs actually started off all right and then they just sort of capitulated there. Barnett uh, scored pretty well, though. Yeah, he sure did, and he's you know he's got the, that goal kicking duty for the for the first few weeks. You know, I know you highlighted him as a as a pod in, in our podcast episode. <laughs> um, yeah, but but that's it. He did also grab a try, so yeah, I, I think um, sixty two with a try and goals. I would say is maybe a failure. Yeah, I, I think that like that low to mid forties average that I was sort of projecting when he was playing eighty in the second row is seems about right, just based yeah. off that one performance. Mate, well, 19 tackles probably doesn't do you any favours. They had the ball the entire time. Um, mm. Yeah, that's a good point. But that's said. He's usually going to be 35 and 120 instead of 19 and 180. Um, yeah. You know, but then you had your missed tackles. If you don't get a try there, you're sort of looking at 45, which is not um, not where you want to be getting from a 680K purchase. Um, but Tyson Frizzell actually um, was pretty good as well. He... Managed to put up sixty-seven points, three point six percent of teams. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, someone you were trying to steer everyone away from, but oh, like again, I think this might be uh, a little but, bit of an outlier against the Bulldogs. Like he had one hundred and eighty run meters as well, and stuff like a tackle bus and offloads and a line break. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to do that every week. Yeah, no, it's, it probably would have been a prime candidate for uh, you know, if you were looking to get some guys in with soft schedules that usually take advantage of that. And he would mm. probably would have been a prime candidate for that. But then you got to worry about, you know, is he going to play Origin or not? I don't know. Um, you know, there's a couple of good middles floating around. Um, speaking of good middles, Clemmer played 74 minutes for some reason and scored 64 points. I don't know why he played 74 minutes, but he did. Um, yeah, uh, oh, I guess it was probably because. No, nah, it's because Kurt Mann. Kurt Mann got injured. Ah, uh, so right. And, yeah, and also. And Bradman Best as well missed the last 20 minutes, I think. So Yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Um, yeah, so obviously we're not expecting Clem to play that many minutes, um, but he's probably, you know, he's so- solid, but he's he's sort of more a guy you're looking at for a final team guy than somebody you want to be expecting to get 74 minutes per game every week. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously we spoke about Dan Saifidi. Connor Watson, actually, um, I think we were really lucky with Connor Watson. Yeah, uh, he went huge because uh, uh, you know he, he uh, moved out to five eight when he first came on because of Kurt Mann going down, but he still managed to put up a massive score. I, I was expecting sort of you know mid twenties in the middle. Uh, sorry, at at five eight, but yeah, we definitely got quite lucky there. Are you expecting him to go back to the interchange this week? Or Mate, well, the the thing that really worried me is he didn't even look like he was coming on until Kurt Mann went down. Mm. Like he was just sitting there and I, I just saw him, he got up and then he sat back down and I was like, please tell me that he's not going to play like 30 minutes off the bench. And then, you know, he was down on the thing, getting his ankle strapped and I was like, oh God, here we go. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I am not feeling um, massively confident with him. I would suggest he might actually be a decent candidate to go into your loop slot this week. Hmm. Um, being that he plays in the second game, um, anybody that's got <laughs> any idiots like me that have got Brian Kelly, um, you know, it might be worth running a maybe even running a double loop with um, 
Connor Watson and Brian and um and Jordan Ricky with sort of Kelly and Crichton. And then, you know, if Watson goes low, then you trade Kelly out and, and shift Ricky in. And if he scores well, then you do your second loop with, with Ricky um, and maybe somebody below him or something like that. Um, so it's uh, – I don't know how you actually set that up if you unless you've got two red dots but um, like I do. But, um, yeah, certainly um, if you've got nothing better to put in your loop slot, um, I actually don't think Watson's a horrible idea to put in there. Outside of that, that's pretty much pretty much it. So we'll move on to the next game, I guess, which is uh, Titans versus Broncos. Uh, so Brimson also a bit quiet at 34 points. Yeah, but, I mean, that not that sort of what we were expecting? You know, like he, he's that kind of player. Like he, he seems a bit like a mid-30s player when he's not getting a try or, you know, getting those big attacking stats. So I don't know. I don't think that's out of the, uh, the normality for Brimson. No, no, and that's what I mean. Like a couple of people were, you know, jumping on him in the preseason saying, oh, yeah, Titans are going to be really good. He's going to get heaps of attacking stats, blah, blah, blah. He's 11.5% owned. I mean, he had a heap of attacking stats last year. I don't know how uh, you expected that to increase. You know, and we, yeah. we highlighted his try scoring rate as well as his try saver rate. Like his try saver rate was, you know, like about, what, 0. 0.8, I believe. So, mm. yeah, just insane. Uh, like he's still going to be very good, I think. I st- still think he's going to average you know, around that 50 mark, if not a little bit more. But, um, I, yeah, there probably just wasn't a whole lot of value there preseason. Yeah, no, definitely um, not a, a massive sort of money spinner. Um, so Philip Sammy comes into the centres for Brian Kelly. Yeah, your man. Um, other than that, they are unchanged. Um, Dave Vafita apparently was in hospital with some sort of ankle injury all week, which we didn't find out about it until after the game. Luckily, he managed to score 60 points anyway. Um, you know who didn't score 60 points, though? <laughs> You're about to take a victory lap, mate. Eno. Eno scored 41 points, which is lower than what his break-even was in 64 minutes. So um, I don't know if you guys remember the couple of times that I brought Tino up. I know I, I only touched on him briefly in the preseason. So, <laughs> um, mate, uh, Tino's best score without a try in the middle was 43 points in 73 minutes, and this was bang on. This is a textbook Tino no-try performance. 30 Low 30s tackles, 150 metres, but then six James Maloney's. <laughs> And a couple of errors and some penalties because he's that sort of guy. You know, Tino's not a accumulator, you know, ground and pound. You know, he's not a that sort of guy. He's a, he's a, you know, he's going to score 40 or he's going to score 70. Um, but, you know, he's sort of not really um, one of those sort of consistent, you know, stats accumulators. And now, um, obviously, we found out the Titans may not necessarily be as good as what we thought they were going to be. Um, they come up against a Broncos team this weekend who are probably better than what we thought they were going to be. Um, where, you know, uh, if he doesn't score a try, this is this is what you're getting from Tino. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised as well by his minutes. I, I think he got a little bit more than what I was expecting. I was sort of uh, thinking around that 55, maybe 60-minute mark, but he ended up, uh, you know, at around 65 minutes, which is a little bit surprising. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, but like that's the guy he is as well. And you've got to keep in mind, Mitch Rain is not Cam Smith. I, I think that's something the Titans are really missing is that sort of direction. You know, like obviously Brimson's good. If Fogarty can replicate what he did last year, he's good. 
Um, you know, Mate, the and- other thing you got to remember as well is Dave Fafita is a regular eighty minute guy, and he only played seventy minutes. So maybe that ten minutes came from like is going to come off Tino. Yeah, which, possibly. Yeah, which puts him right on the projection of where we had him in the mid fifties. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That he probably played that last nine minutes on the edge, but um, yeah, like without that that direction, especially from you know the the dummy half region, like. I don't know. I feel like the Titans are going to struggle a little bit and I think Tino as well. Because you've got to remember, like, how much did Tino feed on just Cam Smith working over the middle and then just feeding forwards back in and, you know, getting those barge over tries, you know? Absolutely. A lot. And, you know, he took advantage of it like he was supposed to. But when was the last time we saw a forward leave the storm and keep to their standard? Probably Tohu, I guess. He's probably the only one that comes to mind. He's probably the exception that proves the rule. But he also had a a couple of, like, he had a down season before he, he picked back up again. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yep. I, I suppose, like, he, that move to the middle probably made the difference in regards to Tohu. Yeah, no, and I mean, even before he moved to the middle, he was still all right, but, you know, like, oh, yeah, I personally, you know, I won't be surprised if Tino finishes this year worth less than what he started the year with. Um, I know that's... I actually said that before the season and I'm feeling very good about it now considering how many minutes he did and how not good the Titans looked. Maybe they're going to be um, better and they just had an off week. But, you know, um, actually, did you watch the Building Titans documentary? No, I haven't watched it yet. I've heard a couple of people talk about it, though, and say that uh, Fafida and Tino <laughs> got them excited. Mate, it was actually pretty good, but literally the last words that come out of anybody's mouth in the documentary is Mel Meninga saying... I know everybody's going to be excited for us, but be patient for success. Yeah. Which is which is coach speak for they're not as good as what they think they are yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Spot on. one guy who I really am just massively impressed with as a person um, and as a fantasy player is, is Jamal Fogarty. Yeah, he was huge. I'm very, as a Fogarty owner, I'm very happy. Um, you know, like he scored 63 with, in basically all base stats, like he had 27 tackles, 107, 117 meters gain and 430 kick meters. And he had one goal and one error. That was it. Oh, a couple of forced dropouts too, but yeah, you know, like that was basically it. Like that was it. And you know, like you have to think the Titans are going to score more than six points most weeks, um, mm. which, which can only bode well for Fogarty. Yeah, no, I feel very comfortable with Fogarty. Obviously 27 tackles is a bit high, um, but you know, you take that, couple of tackles out and you put uh, you put a try or a try assist or a couple of extra goals in there. And, you know, realistically, I think it's not out of the realms of possibility to predict that Fogarty's going to be up around 60 this year. Yeah, and that could definitely put him into keeper territory. Like we've seen, uh, you know, daily Cherry Evans was pretty poor fantasy-wise. Obviously, they did get completely flogged, but Kieran Foran was taking a lot more of that work that was eating into uh, Cherry's base stats. Um, I know you highlighted. Hang think, on, what, hang on. So what? What are you? What you're saying is that once again, right. <laughs> we 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 correctly identified this. And you know, I have people yeah. arguing with me on NRL Fantasy Talk, absolutely calling me a effing moron and all sorts of stuff. And you know that we don't just make this stuff up. Like you know, you can see these things coming. <laughs> it's yeah. it's not it's not rocket science, guys. Um, yeah, so, but, yes, no, continue. So, Cherry Evans, 
lost a, yeah. a, a good chunk of his base stats to Kieran Four, and who could have predicted that? <laughs> and then you were also highlighting, I think it was last week's show, that uh, Mitch Moses has a terrible run home. Like the, the Eels are playing basically the entire top eight from last year on their run home. So, you know, like this is a chance that not only is Daly going to go back, but maybe Moses is going backwards on that run home. And all of a sudden, like who's left for you to partner with uh, with Cleary, because um, ideally you want Cleary in your final team. So, you know, maybe you're looking at a guy like Jamal Fogarty as a potential keeper. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can't see any reason why I'd want to take him out outside of him um, overtaking Cherry Evans for the Origin team at the moment. Um, yeah. Not that I not that I think that's going to happen, but um, given on their current pace, uh, one Fogarty, one Cherry Evans, zero at the moment. Mate, uh, Peachy. Yeah, your man. 49 in 51 minutes. Oh, wow. So that's more than, like, I, I, I wasn't projecting that, but I, like, mm. you know, I have him at 45 in 55-ish. Yeah. Um, the minutes are a bit low, I guess. I think that's going to level out to about 40 normally. Yeah, I mean, you know, but we saw that from Peachy. Like, he's got those games in him, you know, where he'll he'll go at almost 1 ppm one week and then the next week it'll be, you know, like 30 and 50 in. minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 22 exactly. 60 minutes. Exactly, and that's what levels out his average. So he's got those games in him. Certainly not rushing him in, but if you got him, bravo! Yeah, and, and keep riding the riding the peach wave. Um, <laughs> on the Broncos side of the ball, um, the Sarko was fine, thirty four points, uh, pretty much all in normal stuff. Um, under a hundred meters, which is a bit alarming, um, mm. though you definitely want him to got to pump those up. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> Especially in a team that was rolling in the first half too. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe they just sort of laid down in the second half. But, you know, he's looking at five tackle bars, 100 metres, a couple of goals. You know, it's a steady from a, a fullback. I think uh, he he sort of did about what I thought he was going to do. He'll have better games than that, and he, that'll be his, sort of his baseline with a couple of games where he just doesn't do very well. Um, Tessie knew it was about the same. Yeah, he's about where we sort of thought around that, you know, high twenties without a try. Yep, he's going to have big games. He'll probably have a couple of games where he gets a bath as well. Um, all centres do. Milford though, yeah, was really really good. We, so we touched on him. Obviously, he got a lot of kick meters and um, all that sort of stuff. So it's just a matter of whether he can sustain that. We don't know. Um, I'm feeling pretty confident about him, but um, he's certainly a risk, and I don't want to. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not telling you that Anthony Milford's going to kick 400 plus meters a game and run for 100 meters. But like you know, if you're looking for a half, uh, he's you could do worse. Jake Turpin is another mm. one. So he cranked out 53 despite I actually didn't even really notice that he was playing, uh, which I guess is a good thing. 42 tackles, one missed, 150 kick meters, which is promising. Um, n- basically no attacking stats at all. Yeah, uh, it was a little bit of a down game for Turbot in that regard because we sort of do expect a little bit of attacking stats from him. But, um, you know, that said, he's probably out on his feet. He's not used to playing 80 minutes most week. He's never really been an 80-minute hooker. Um, it was sort of forced into that, I think, by the fact that the Broncos lost their entire bench for the most part. Yeah. Um, wouldn't be surprised if Asiata's maybe pinching 15 minutes off him this week, but I, I still think he's a, he's a hold for now. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I'm actually really heartened by that. 53 in basically 100% base stats. With, that sort of gives me a, a thing that he maybe he's going to do better 
you know, when they get when their draw softens up a little bit. So their first like five weeks of the year are just an absolute nightmare. But then after that, it sort of comes pretty good. Um, Jordan Ricky had an absolute nightmare as well. Um, I mean, in a luxury scenario, a Watson Ricky loophole off the bench would probably be perfect. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I was lucky enough to avoid Ricky. I don't have him in my team. I'm one of the few, but. Um... Yeah, he was missing. He was missing plenty of tackles last week, wasn't he? Uh, mm. Hopefully, because I mean, we weren't expecting him to play eighty, so maybe that's another thing as well that plays into it. So, yeah, yeah we'll see. Maybe once the Broncos have a have a full bench this week, if he can pick those numbers up in about sixty minutes or so. Sure. Um, yeah. So they're back to full strength. Obviously, they've got Asiata and Coates cleared from injury with. Um, Kennedy, Bullimore, and Tio. So they're just missing Matt Lodge. Um, actually, that's one of our most popular questions on the socials is uh, what the hell do I do with Matt Lodge, <laughs> um, which I guess we'll get to and try to brainstorm some when we get to the end. Um, so next game, Bulldogs and Panthers. Um, not anything super exciting on the Bulldog side of the ball, except for Podrick. Yes. Yeah, we highlighted him last week, and he, sure enough, uh, yeah, <laughs> we were on top of it before Blocker was. I remember Blocker early on in the game complaining that Kotrick was at centre because he couldn't do kick returns. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, it's, it sometimes makes me sad that I'm, you know, I had to go out and you know buy all this podcasting equipment and stuff like that, and I don't get paid to do any research, and then you got this dickhead blocker sitting on the TV just coming up with whatever he feels like saying, and he's wrong, and he's no doubt he's getting paid a hundred grand a year to sit there and gob off about things that he's actually not even right about. But um, yeah, Kotrick did exactly what we projected. I actually had him for exact projected for exactly forty six points. So that's exactly what he scored, which is awesome. Um, obviously, that's going to fluctuate. He's not going to score exactly 46 every week, but 160 metres and seven tackle bus with nine tri- and nine tackles is low on the tackle count and up on the tackle bust count on, on what we'd sort of be projecting. Um, they sort of didn't really have a good time against uh, Newcastle, but he didn't miss any tackles, which I guess is, is promising. Mm. Yeah, he definitely like once he he got he had the drops pretty early on in that game, but once he got past that, stopped making errors, he turned into the absolute tackle busting fool we know him to be. But yeah, mm-hmm. he, he looks like a, a potential keeper center for mine. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if oh, I just can't I can't quite afford to go trading Brian Kelly. Though. Yeah, I just can't quite afford it. Um, outside of that, obviously Corey Waddell's being pushed to the bench for Fatal Mariner, which is really bad news for the dude in. Our Facebook group that's got him. I can't remember who it is, but rip to you. Sorry. Um, I guess who knew that Hetherington was going to score badly? Yeah, no one could predict that. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm taking, I've got to find a couple I got wrong, but I, I really enjoy these hey, three laps. 23 in 57 minutes. What the, what yeah, the hell? Don't worry, mate. We're about to get to the ones you got wrong when we get to the bunnies. But oh, <laughs> enjoy the victory laps for now. Okay. All right. I'll, tell, yep. I'll tell you what, I was getting some serious uh, just regrets when I was watching Flanagan. And after I talked him up so much on our, mm. on our podcast, and he was yep. just doing everything. Ended up on 69 in 80 minutes. Mate, I, I, I haven't actually told you this, but I had a really – I did a uh, draft with a bunch of people on Twitter right before I did our draft. And um, the guy I was versing this week had Captain Cleary, um, and I did my uh, I did my uh, hospital ward strat where I drafted a bunch of injured guys. I actually drafted five guys that were injured, so I played a <laughs> I played a man down this week, and I versed the guy with Captain Cleary, and I still won. What? 
Yeah, I just pulled his pants down, mate. It's it's really embarrassing. I was I was absolutely feeding it to him in the group chat about it as well. So if you're listening to this group chat, I'm going to message you after this. And I beat him by 40 points with one less player, and he had Captain Cleary. It's embarrassing. But yeah, uh, I think Flanagan was about my round seven draft pick. Um, Oh, that's a steal. I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but I ended up. Yeah, but I had um, Paul Vaughan, Joe Tarpany, Dave Feeder, Tyson Frizzell, Kyle Flanagan, Peachy Tedesco. So yeah, I yeah. Uh, Do you want my bold prediction for this year? <laughs> What's that? I'm going to say Kyle Flanagan and Jamal Fogarty both average more than Sherry Evans. Yep. No. I'll. I would. I don't even. I wouldn't even go so far as to call that bold. Excellent. Well, that's my prediction this year. Yeah. Um, Fitala Mariner, obviously, come off the bench. Um, we highlighted him as an option in the preseason without knowing that he was injured. Um, so, yeah, that's one. But um, once he bottoms out, um, I mean, right now, like if we look at him now, he sort of averages 48 or so. Um, he might get down to 575-ish. Um, are you going to be sort of maybe looking to target him once he bottoms out? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. He, he probably needs to get a bit cheaper for me to start having a look. I, I owned him last year and he was excellent, but he was very try dependent. It felt like he was scoring a try, you know, every second game for the most part, or if not every week. But uh, yeah, he's he's one to keep an eye on if he gets uh, any cheaper. Maybe you know, cops a, a slight injury or something, only you know, gets sixty minutes. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not uh, looking at him just yet. All right. Well, mate. Speaking of guys who are getting cheaper. Oh, I got to pick one. There's a few here. Happy Coruscant. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's oof. And I did actually highlight him preseason. And this is me, you know, now bringing up a couple of things. So I, I highlighted him as an option to be a uh, an alternative to Cook. Obviously, got a HIA, which you know nobody can predict. And mind you, um, still didn't do that much worse than what Cook did. But we'll do that when we get to the Rabbitohs. Um, but. Mate, the other one is uh, Moses Leota. He was a bit sort of he got he sort of got outshone there by Lenier. Yeah, you know, we sort of thought that you know Leota would be that. Well, I mean, he's always been that impact forward. I just didn't think he'd start and only get thirty four minutes. I thought it might he'd be in the low forties, but mm. yeah, and uh, I mean, Leota was still good. He got one ppm, but yeah, just didn't get the minutes. Uh, but yeah, Lenier was great. Forty one in thirty eight minutes. It's huge. Yeah, no, well, he's he's sort of. Showing that the funny thing is we looked at him with the reserve grade and his PPM was nowhere near as good as what it is in first grade. So I don't know if maybe he just, um, you know, picks his game up with the cameras on him or something, but he, he certainly looked really good. Um, and the other guy who looked really, really good was Kate. Well, except I'm a bit alarmed by the fact that literally nobody in that eight to 17 for the Panthers played 80 minutes. Hmm. Um, I'm wondering if maybe in games that are closer, if that will change. Yeah, it's definitely alarm bells, isn't it? Uh, you know, if, if you got capable, you, you got lucky with that that try. Otherwise, your score wouldn't have nearly been as good. But he was looking like he was going to be on pace for a massive score um, early on once he did get that try. And he was, you know, dancing around, busting a few tackles. Well, didn't miss any, which is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> But that said, he was he was attacking all games. He didn't have many chances to miss one, but still. Yeah, he kind of just stopped, and he sort of went and had a little rest out on that left wing and that uh, that left uh, back row when uh, Martin came on and Kickow went off. Oh God, Kickow! Um, mm, I'm pretty sure we tried to talk people out of Kickow as well. 
Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a there's a few blokes here, even in that uh, that Panthers one to five that uh, I think we tried that were pretty decent ownership. For, mm-hmm. We tried to talk people out of like Crichton only managed twenty six and Staines only managed twenty. Crichton's Mate. got sixteen percent ownership. Oh god, that's too much. And then you got Momorowski, who was what two hundred k cheaper on the other side of the ball, who averaged forty and didn't score a try. Yeah, you got forty six percent ownership. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, nah, it's just crazy, mate. It's it's you don't need the name brand. You can take the Aldi brand. You can take mm. the Woolworths brand in fantasy. It's fine. You don't need the you don't need the Charlie Stain, Stephen Crichton. You can get the Momorowski. Look at him. <laughs> the knockoff Russian brand. One hundred fifty <laughs> meters. And you know what? And I was actually thinking about this. I watched that game on Thursday night, and that was what really sold me on Momorowski. I was already probably getting him anyway, but I was watching it going, the guys that are bigger and can break tackles uh, have a real advantage in this new style of football. And like Latrell, like he's just a thick, you know, hard-to-handle guy. And, you know, Momorowski, 147 metres and and five tackle busts. And, like, he had eight points in demerits between – errors and uh, missed tackles. But, you know, he just looked – he's just a big sort of guy and it, I think he's going to get an event. Like when he starts putting some tries on, you know, he's got a couple of soft games as we highlighted with when we were talking about Cleary. Um, definitely, um, you know, as long as he can keep Naden out there, which really shouldn't be that hard of a, a thing, he might actually end up being a, a borderline keeper at centre. Yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on, especially in a Panthers team that should score – Scored, should score plenty of points. Um, yeah, pretty glad glad I landed on him round one. But yeah, especially yeah. like you know, there's a couple of there was a couple of traps floating around in that price range, like uh, Curtis Scott. <laughs> um, I saw a couple of people with him. Uh, I looked at him and just his uh, his average. Just you know, he had that one good year at um, was it Storm, and then other than that, he's sort of never really done anything. And people are, have expected him to kick on, but honestly, I won't be surprised if he loses his spot to Sebastian Chris. Yeah, oh, Chris looked pretty good, but I mean, I'm sure we'll get to the Raiders shortly. Yeah, um, mate. Uh, other than that, obviously, Cleary did really well. Uh, where how did Luai go? Uh, I think he got a few, quite a few kick meters. Thirty nine points. Yep, we uh, we highlighted him as sort of being towards his ceiling. So hopefully. You guys decided that you didn't want to take him, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people got him. As far as anybody else goes, yeah, Fish is, does does Fish stuff, but yeah, you know, just, he's going to have his low games and his up games. And Yeah, I think uh, just keep an eye on Appy here, wait for him to bottom out, and he's a pretty good upgrade target, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to the next game, we've got Manly versus the Rabbitohs. Uh, surprise, surprise, Dylan Walker didn't do very good at fullback, mm. uh, but he's been named there again. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, did anybody in this manly team do well <laughs> last week? Um, Andrew Davy did. Yeah, that's true. Um, and yeah, he's actually been rewarded with a starting spot. Uh, but uh, Jason Saab's another one that really disappointed. Oh, I don't know. Like, how is a guy that big this bad? Yeah, I mean, but if if you just looked at his stats from the Dragons, he's basically the same, you know, like without a try, he's got this single-digit score in him. <laughs> I don't understand how somebody runs for 45 minutes and 80 metres and 80 minutes. I'd run for more metres than that. And you've only got one knee. <laughs> I do only have one knee. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess the only really thing, obviously we highlighted Cherry Evans, who's an absolute nightmare for people that – Despite everybody's good advice, decided to get him anyway because he's a Jet, except he's not. Um, 42 points, doing normal Cherry Evan things. Seven missed tackles, obviously he's not going to do that. 
Um, I would have anticipated that in a game where Manly aren't that bad, that number's probably closer to three, um, which puts him at about 50, which is kind of 50 to 55 is where I'm sort of maybe 57 is where I'm sort of feeling that Cherry Evans is going to land this year. Yeah, definitely. And, like, I mean, maybe... Yeah, the Manly, we have, we have seen Manly with and without Tom Trevojevic. Maybe if uh, old Tommy Turbo can keep healthy, stop uh, street racing or slipping in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, the Manly might improve and that might help um, Daly's average. But, yeah, I, I think for as long as uh, forwards on the field, I don't think Daly's going to get as much work as he was doing last year. Did I uh, did I tell you what Tiffany said about Tommy? What did he say? What did she say? What'd she say? Her, her theory is that he may have actually injured himself in the bathtub, but he might not have been in there by himself. Ooh. <laughs> that was her. Uh, she seems pretty confident about it too. Maybe she knows something I don't. Was he in there with Jake? Or... <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Or uh, Ben. <laughs> they're sitting in there playing with their, like, rubber ducks and stuff yeah. in the bubble bath. <laughs> you go in there and they're like, you know. Yeah. Someone needs to Photoshop that. <laughs> That actually be really funny. So outside of that, obviously, Tapao, not yeah. necessarily a lot of impact, 40 points, playing uh, 47 minutes, which is low for what he normally does, no offloads and only one tackle bust. Yeah, pretty disappointing. Um, yeah, I, I think that 47 minutes is probably what you can you can expect in a Des Hasler uh, rotation for some reason. Yeah. Des just doesn't want to play him for those big minutes. And unfortunately, that means Marty's probably not a keeper anymore. No, it's a sad time in uh, fantasy football. It is. Pull one out for Marty. I did have a look at LOEA, and it seems he only played 41 minutes. Um, I did mention him as a potential option through the preseason. Obviously, it looks like he's not going to get the minutes. So hopefully nobody decided to go there and found the value elsewhere. Outside of that, oh, I guess we've got to deal yeah, with we've got him. We've got to talk about him. We've got to deal with the pink elephant in the room. <laughs> Luck on Croker. Yeah. So he did not make very many tackles for a 80-minute hooker. No, he didn't. He only managed 34 tackles in 80 minutes. And, uh, you know, you compare that to maybe like a tackle bot like Andrew McCulloch, he managed 64 in 80 minutes. It's uh, mm. leaves a little to be desired, doesn't it? Yeah, it actually, like I was watching the game and my comment about it was that I felt like maybe he was intentionally running away from doing tackles, which it seems like based on what he said in the interview after the game seems like about right. Yeah, yeah, I, I posted that interview to our uh, our Facebook group, oh, I think yesterday, that he was talking about, uh, Lachlan was saying that he was concerned about playing 80 and it seemed like that was in his head a little bit about whether he was going to be able to get through it or not. So it, it seems like he was, that you're right, he probably was avoiding a little bit of work to try and make sure he had the, the energy to to get through those 80 minutes. Um, yeah, what are, what, are your, what are you doing with him? Are you, are you giving well, him a week or are you going to punt him? Mate, well, Cade Cust is on the bench, and Cade Cust scored three tries and set up three tries in kick in uh, uh, New South Wales Cup. So, um, mate, I'm not feeling confident that he's going to play 80 minutes. Although, what I was kind of hoping for is 50 to 55 minutes of actual effort rather than 80 minutes of being a passenger, and he might end up actually scoring better. Yeah, yeah, that, that was my sort of thoughts, and like I, I'm not going to talk anybody out of trading Lachlan Croker because if you if you want to trade him, go for it. I understand, um, but I am going to give you a reason to keep him if you want to. Uh, All right, you know, sell it to me. Sell it to me. All right. So I think we normally 
sort of project what a starting hooker to play if there's you know say a starter and a, and a bench hooker the starter probably usually gets at least 50 minutes maybe 50 to 60 and the bench he's probably looking at 20 to 30 would you agree yeah yep so i mean if you look at lachlan croker last year he he said in, the, in, in that interview he didn't play more than 40 continuous minutes at hooker so if you look at his um his bench starts from last year he averaged 22 in 29 minutes when he was playing at hooker off the bench um, he averaged 17 and a half tackles in those 29 minutes, which is half of what <laughs> half of what he managed in a full 80 um, in only 29 minutes. So his PPM in those 29 minutes was 0.7. So if he's playing 50 minutes at uh, a PPM of 0.7, that puts him firmly at around a 35 average. So I'm sort of thinking maybe if now that he knows he doesn't have to play 80, he's actually going to get the work rate up a little bit and you know, potentially there's an avenue there for him to get back to averaging um, as, as a potential cash cow. But, yeah. Hey, the other thing that you got to take into consideration as a croaker owner, and I'm a croaker owner as well, so is you only get 34 trades in a season, mm. um, which is max trades for 17 weeks and there's 25 rounds. So, you know, no, that's not to, not to mention origin period. And there is the origin buy rounds back this year, so we do need to take that into account as overall plays. When you're looking at preseason, when you've got unlimited trades, you're purely looking at your 150K roughly in cash that the guy needs to make to make him worth, worth a buy in, or that average increase. But after round one, it needs to be that this guy really needs to be making 150K more than the guy that you were trading him to. So, like, you know, say, so, so for example, Croker, we are expecting Croker, let's say worst case scenario, he averages 45 minutes as a starting hooker at 0.7, so that's 31. So really what you're needing is to be trading him to somebody who's going to average 45. Now, the only one that I can see in that bracket who's a chance of averaging 45 is a guy who's not even named this week. Actually, there's a couple of guys. But the first one of those is Sam Verrills, who's not far away, uh, but not named this week. And if he's going to be, you know, with the injury to Jake Friend, if he's going to be an 80-minute or 60-minute hooker, I think there's a potential he could average 45. But outside of that, you're looking at what Jake Averillo, Farmer Silly. Yeah, unless you've got some some money to go up. Uh, like if you've got some money in the bank to go up, maybe, uh, maybe consider it. But, yeah. Mate, um, what honestly, what I'd actually probably be sitting there doing is praying for a uh, praying for a a short for a medium term uh, injury to one of the Raiders edgeback rowers for a Corey Harawira and I return. Um, that would be sort of the ideal scenario because he can definitely average forty five. Yeah, uh, no, that's, that's a that's a good point. You know, um, it's cro- Kroger, you, you know, you leave him there for a week, especially if you've got the luxury of running a loop with him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you do a Jordan Ricky. Now, the caveat to that would be if he is benched this week and Cuss starts, which Des has been known to fiddle with his team. Uh, I mean, what are you what are you doing? Because this is this is literally the most common question that we've been asked: is what the hell do I do with this guy? Um, what are you doing with him? Um, I mean, if come uh, final team list, he is named to start. I think I'm going to hold on to him for one more week. Um, if he's a complete dud again, I'm going to hope that Sam Verrills is named next week because we are because apparently Verrills is looking at maybe a round three or round four return. So 
you know, yep. if Verrill's back round neck is back next week and Croker's a dud again, then it seems like the quite obvious trade. The only alternative for me, because I don't really want to make more than one trade. I'm in a pretty luxurious position where, you know, Jimmy the Jet was the only bloke in my team that actually went backwards or that didn't beat his break even and went backwards in price. I'd probably go Croker to Spencer Lenu, uh, just because that's pretty much all I can afford with the money I've got left over. All right. So let me ask you, so what's Lenu worth? Oh, I think he's about 330000 something like that. Oh, is he? That's pretty cheap. Oh, he's 327 Okay. So the other option there is uh, Andrew Davey, who plays in the same game. Mm. Uh, if you got 60K sitting in the bank or 61K sitting in the bank. Um, the only alarming thing for me is even though Gachevsky started, and this could have something to do with him sucking, but he only played 45 minutes in that starting edge back row because um, obviously Jobo plays the big minutes. Yeah, I think for me, uh, Davey is one to sit on for a week. Um, if he is playing 80, I've got no doubt in my mind he could be averaging you know those mid-40s, even in, in a terrible manly team. Um, but you really got to know what's his role. Is Gajewski going to be pinching 20, 30 minutes off him? Because then all of a sudden, Davey's a, little, a lot less appetizing. Uh, but he's also in a position where if he scores, his break-even still high enough. If he scores 50, he's not going to go up that dramatically in price just yet. And if he is playing 80, he's probably still going to have 200K in price rises left. Yeah. Actually, I've just realized I can do a really interesting loop this week. So, yeah, no, that's good. I'm definitely going to have a look at Davey this week. And if he manages to play 80, um, definitely going to be a target for next week. It might even be something where it's a, you know, maybe I'll even hold Kelly for a week and, and sort of see what happens with Davey and I might just go that go that direction. Yeah, sounds good. All right. On the other side of the ball, I think that's about it. Jerbo obviously doing Jerbo stuff. Latrell, obviously we spoke about uh, all the backs. Mate, Josh Mansour has been dropped. Oh, mate. But he was terrible. Yeah, he deserves it for oh, sure. for sure. Like, and, like, he's been a bloke. Maybe this is uh, – where Trell actually ended up with all his run meters. Because, you know, like typically for Penrith, Mansour was a, a real meter eater. Mm. And like he only had 59 meters last week. Like that's just insane for for a winger that is generally, you know, up around the 150s. Meanwhile, Latrell, who's normally around 100, is getting 180 kick meters. Well, I think after the first couple of times where Latrell passed it to him and he dropped it, <laughs> I think maybe he went, oh, you know what? Maybe this running thing's not so bad. <laughs> and just decided to go himself instead. Yeah, there's a possibility. <laughs> I did say it. I reckon he. I reckon he. A couple of times he went to go to pass to Mansour, and he went, "You know what? <laughs> Don't nah. worry about it, mate. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Good. I got. I got this. Because <laughs> like he wasn't even just doing have a rest. like. Because <laughs> like Mansour at the at the Panthers would always do those. Uh, if he wasn't kick returning, you'd do those like first tackle hit ups or scoots yeah, out of yeah, dummy yeah. half. He wasn't doing any of those yep. either. No, mate. I reckon Latrell just gave him the. Uh, you know when he does the when they do the Indigenous All Stars and he, now he's the one in charge of of standing up in the middle and intimidating the opposition. I reckon he was doing that to Josh Mansour every time he came in for a hit up. <laughs> Get out of here. Go back to your wing. <laughs> I'll tell you when you come over for a hit-up, which is never. <laughs> Go back going, to Penrith. You're going to play the, for the North Sydney Bears next week. <laughs> Actually, no, they're a Roosters feeder team now. Never mind. Um, all right. Other than that, Cody Walker. I saw somebody in the group bought Cody Walker. Oh, it was Dunny. That's right. <laughs> oh, poor Dunny. Yeah, no. That was, uh... Mate, Danny Cook, what the hell happened? Uh, did he retire? I, I thought you said on Twitter he retired. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's a mark of respect to Cameron Smith. <laughs> yeah, Cookie's decided to hang him up as well. Well, yeah, where was he? Like for a bloke that you know, like they, they were on the on defense a lot that game, and he only managed forty three tackles. Forty three tackles, two missed tackles, one error, one penalty, twenty five running meters. Oh, is Cookie cooked? Is it possible that Cookie is cooked? <laughs> oh man, that sounds like a Lachlan Kroger stat line. I don't know what the get what the hell. Actually, you know, it makes me feel a bit better about Lachlan Croker when I see that he only scored 13 more, thirteen <laughs> points less than Damien Cook and he was a quarter of the price. It makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, not good about it, but better. You know? Yeah, when you put um, it like that, I understand, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I see that uh, Wayne Bennett has it's... done. He really hates fantasy yeah. coaches. So he's decided to now put Colm Atungi on the starting side. Who knew? And apologies to anybody that took Jacob Host on my <laughs> advice. Evidently, he is a dud. Um, <laughs> you, you crowed about all your wins. There's your miss, uh, Jacob there is, Host. There's a miss for sure. Mate, Jaden Sewer only played 37 minutes, though. Um, so I know he was coming off an injury. Do you reckon maybe he wasn't at 100%? And then in the event, because they also lost Tom Burgess. What's going on? Benji Marshall played almost sixty minutes in the middle. Yeah, who, who could have predicted? Who could have predicted Benji Marshall playing sixty minutes in the middle? That's, I'm so uh... con- I'm so confused. I don't even know. Like, how do I like? Okay, so Colin Montungi was one that we highlighted in the preseason before he didn't make the starting side as a basically a lock and load option, assuming he's named on the edge. Given what we've seen with uh, Wayne Bennett and mm. his desire to play Benji Marshall for what I uh, considered to be a ludicrous amount of minutes in the middle, but obviously, you know, I, I literally think there's like, I was watching Benji Marshall going, I don't know why the hell he's on here, but then there was people on Twitter saying how he was the only reason that the Rabbitohs were in it. What what was your feelings on Marshall playing in the middle? And I guess, do we do we put Colin Matungi now in the Andrew Davey, just wait and see what happens basket? Yeah, for sure. Uh, for mine, like I'd I'd be much more willing to buy Davy this week than I would Colin Matungi, because um, it seems like uh, Cameron Murray's going to be moving out to an edge and playing some decent minutes on an edge, as well as a little bit in the middle. Especially if this Benji Marshall experiment keeps up. Um, oh, yeah, I, I couldn't trust anything, and especially Jaden Sewer only getting thirty-seven minutes. Like if he is working his way back from injury, you'd have to expect uh, you know those minutes are going to increase as the weeks go on. But is that so? I guess the question is: Is that are those minutes that he played, that Benji played? Do they come out? Where do they come from? Do they come from Sua? Is is Sua going to go back to eighty and Marshall's going to go down to twenty minutes? Is Colin Matungi going to be playing sixty? Then you know we had Arrow only played forty five minutes. Like you think Arrow would have soaked more minutes? Arrow was absolutely ripping and tearing through the middle, and he played fifteen less minutes than Benji Marshall. Maybe there's no eighty minute forwards in this team other than Damian Cook anymore. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's the modern game. And, you know, if you think about it, it does save interchanges. Yeah. You, like, you know, you only, you know, instead of swapping swap someone on swap someone, you're just constantly shuffling people. And I one thing I did think about is it allows teams to not be predictable and be targeted defensively. You know, like there's some edges, like I was talking about the Cowboys edge, um, you know, if, they, if um, Ivan Cleary actually... Uh, looked up and realised that Hamiso was defending in the centres, he would have sent every single ball to the right edge. But for some reason, they spent 90% of the game on the left edge and only scored 24 points instead of 50. Um, you know, but, you know, Momorowski should have had nine tries running over the top of Hamiso. 
Uh, and that's what's driving me crazy. As Even as a Cowboys fan, I was like, give the ball to Momorowski. He's literally just going to run over the top of him. Uh, and Catewell, I was, I was licking my lips for that matchup, uh, and then they kept going left. You know, my my thought is maybe that they're uh, it's a it's a thing of you know maybe not being too predictable as an edge combination. Yeah, maybe. And like, I'm, if I'm if I'm thinking correctly, I think Capewell actually switched edges in that game he depending did. on who was on. Yeah, so maybe that is a that is a new strategy that coaches are employing. Yeah, so especially when you have got guys that are a bit versatile. Um, but yeah, so I think I guess maybe the the moral of the story from this whole thing is, mate. The only guy, and everyone's going to be crazy about Jairo this week, but, you know, he, he scored almost two points a minute. Bloody Bulldogs fans. Um, what? Where are you at with Jairo? Yeah, I mean, we, we know he has that game in him. Like, do you think he? Do you think he's going to do that every week? Because I don't like. Uh, like Mate, I well, think... I'd, I'd love. To, I'd love to take a victory lap on this. Oh, okay, all right, <laughs> but, I, but I can't because oh. I don't feel confident that he's going to do it. I did see something, um, and I, I always I'm I'm always trolling Twitter for for comments because a lot of the times what I find is someone will say something and then I'll be able to go okay, well, you know, is it possible that the stats are going to back up this you know idea? And basically the the thing was, oh well, Benji Marshall's not a middle, so while he was on there, the middles that were on there needed to sort of cover up for his deficiencies as a middle player. Uh, obviously, Arrow is capable of doing that. Um, maybe that was a a thing, and he's you know he's going to be a fifty. I don't think he's going to score seventy four, but you know, is there any way he's a fifty two, fifty three, and forty five minute guy? Oh, I mean, that's definitely a possibility. You know, like that's uh, like that's definitely attainable. But again, does that? I don't know. Like you've already missed that one big price rise. Does that put him in a? You know, like oh, I, I wouldn't buy him now for sure. Yeah, exactly. And um, like, it doesn't put him in keeper territory either. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I think uh, if you started with Arrow, Bravo, um, you probably got lucky. Um, and if you didn't, I don't necessarily think I'd be jumping on now. Moving across to oh, Cowboys, the grand final preview. Oh my god, I'm so sad. What I, you know what. Like, I'm having the biggest love-hate relationship with Todd Payton at the moment because I absolutely love what he did to Jason Tumalolo. And then at the same time, I absolutely hate that one through to five. The just the order, the one through to seven, just the order that they're in is wrong. You could use the same seven guys even. And, you know, I, re- I play drink water at center if you have to. Like, or Morgan at, oh, like, I don't want to play Morgan at center. But, like, you know, it's clear, clear. That Drinkwater is a 5'8", and it's clear that Valentine Holmes is a fullback, and it's clear that Tabu Ifedo is a winger. Why is it so difficult? I don't know, mate. You're the Cowboys fan. It's, but it's so it's obvious to everybody, and it seems like Peyton's like, ah, oh, nah. You know, he's, I'm, I'm worried he's a Seabold. That's my my, yeah. my big worry is he's a Seabold. I mean, and like you talk about the one through seven, but I mean, you were you were calling out the number twelve in the Dragons this week on Twitter. I think you need to call out your own number twelve, Cohen. Uh, but Harris. every but everybody knows that Cohen Harris has a dud. This is not yeah. new information. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, twenty twenty five tackles, six missed, one error, thirty nine meters, eighty minute second row. Oh my god, it just makes me so. Do you remember when Cohen Hess came onto the scene? Oh, it was a revelation. Didn't he play Origin like his first or maybe second year? He was just... Yep. Mate, he came on and 
he was like Ivan, Ivan Drago and people were just like, who is this guy? And he is just absolutely running over the top of people and now he's just like, what is this guy doing? Yeah. Remember, <laughs> do you remember when he played center last year? <laughs> oh my god! And that was a that was the Paul Green bloody. See, just just remember, mate. Things could always be worse. Why could they? Come on, who's going to be oh playing center? Gosh. Um. Yeah. Okay. So this is what ticked me off, uh, and this is going to be a Mark rant combined with talking about this game. So we decided to approve a swap deal where we sent Tuki Simpkins over to West Tigers to play reserve grade, and we took a winger from them to play reserve grade. The irony of all of this is the West Tigers really need a left winger and we really need a bloody back rower. So we sent we sent the, the wrong way. Just reverse it back. So Turkey Simpkins should absolutely walk into this Cowboys top 13. Was it a permanent swap deal or one of those no, loan deals? A, this is a one year. A what? <laughs> yeah, it's just one year. So we were like, oh, you know what? There's this position that we've got basically no good players in. Why don't we send one of our really good junior players in that position that we might need this year to a team that we're going to be competing for for a bo- uh, for a top eight spot? Um, and in, in, and we'll get what we'll do is we'll get back a position, a player in a position where we're going to use our million dollar fullback in in that position, um, and we, he can just play reserve grade. That would be perfect, I think. Like, <laughs> what happened? Did the Blackhawks need a winger? <laughs> <laughs> Evidently. You know, and, and the thing, like, Simpkins had, like, 80 minutes and, like, 45 tackles and 125 run metres with no missed tackles or whatever this weekend in, in New South Wales Cup. Like, he's a he's such a good player. And, like, he was in that Indigenous game. He looks so good. And, like, we got this guy, this, um, uh, what's his name that was in the uh, Indigenous or the Maori All-Stars team, Wairimu Greg. He's not even in our 21. We got two wingers sitting down there, and you know that he's not going to change the team. We got mate, Josh McGuire on the bench, stinking it up. We got two hookers on our bench. I thought it was really good, but it sucked. Like, just rip the bandit off. You know, you, you know that Jake Granville's dusted, mate. He's forty-five years old. Just get rid of him. I don't know why we've got him on a new contract. Anyway, so um, Mitchell Dunn did pretty well for that. <laughs> Aside from the 48 run meters and eight, my God, what's wrong with Oh, my God. I just want to, oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so angry. All you can do is laugh. If I don't laugh, I'll cry. I'm going to talk about the dragons hey, and I'll come mate, back. At least Francis Molo was good. Speaking about if you don't laugh, you'll cry. The dragons weren't much better than that. <laughs> Matt Dufty uh, did a thing, but, you know, he's Matt Dufty. Um, Ramsey did not do many. Oh, I guess he scored that try, but. He got injured um, as well while doing yeah, it. Yeah. Mm, but, yeah, he's all right. Lomax was pretty quiet, which is why you don't shell out 627K for a center. Jack Bird. Oh, Jack Bird. Oh, Jack Bird. We tried to warn you about Jack Bird. Um, I'm just trying to pump myself up and make myself feel good before I have to talk about the Cowboys again. <laughs> um, Paul Vaughan, actually pretty sure I highlighted him as a pod who did really, really well. Uh, Andrew McCulloch, who we highlighted as by, did really, really well. Tyra Hurrell obviously did really good. Um, Alvaro did much better than Pharmacilli off the bench. Surprise, surprise. Uh, anything to add to all of that? 
No, just uh, for all for all my fellow risk takers with McCulloch, we got we got rewarded. No, Adam Clooney sitting at eighteen. Mate, uh, Trent Merrin's back. Didn't he play last week? I thought he played last week. No, as in like he's back. Oh, is he back? What did what did he score? Forty six points. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, whoa, forty six and forty two minutes. Is this it's twenty seventeen again? Oh, mate, Trent Merrin has to be your favorite player. Oh, please. <laughs> that was only one offload too. That's about six short of his normal uh, quota. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's certainly interesting. I mean, I guess obviously they had a, an injury there at some point. but um, Yeah, they had uh, Tarek and uh, what's his name? Josh Kerr both grab HIA, so that's yeah. probably 30 minutes there. And I think Willie Army went on the field twice. Uh, I think he went on for a Dufty HIA and then it went, I think he went on for Ramsey maybe. Yeah, yeah, you're um, right. Yeah, so... Um, obviously, that having that bench centre winger kind of works for them and it makes sense to keep that there. And, I mean, worst-case scenario, if they lose a half, Jack Bird can play in the halves if he needs to for half a game. Um, but, um, yeah, no, definitely thinking that there's a couple of pretty good fantasy options in this Dragon side. Yeah, for sure. McCulloch looks like a dead-set keeper as long as Clune stays away. And, yeah, Alvaro for Wimiano, they both got off to great starts as cash cows, that's for sure. You know who didn't get off to a good start, though? Who's that? The Cowboys. <laughs> you tie it all back together. <laughs> no, nah, so Isam Masters, I ha- was having a look at it as a pod, but I'm glad I stayed away from him. I guess now what we're waiting for is, I guess a good scenario is uh, we can wait for Hamiso to, not Hamiso, for Holmes to lose a bunch of money and and then um, maybe Todd Payton will decide to, to do the righty. Morgan scored pretty well. What was Clifford doing? Bloody not a watching, lot. Watching the Panthers score. Not a lot. Um, and that's the thing. There's, I don't like. It was clear that the the we didn't score any points, which coincidentally is the exact same thing that happened when Scott Drinkwater was playing fullback against the Broncos in the trial. And then as soon as we moved, I'm not going to start again. Um, <laughs> but, on, mate. Let's you know, Morgan only got 150 kick meters and still managed to get to 52, playing 29, doing 29 tackles. Mate, is is Michael Morgan a back rower? Like. <laughs> Seriously, no. That's a that's a no, that's not a joke. That's a serious question. Could we play Michael Morgan at back row as a solution to fitting all these guys in? <laughs> didn't he? Uh, didn't he do the old roving lock fourteen at in Origin? Yes, when he first started? yes, yes, he did. Could we play? Could we play Michael Morgan at back row or at lock and shift drink water up and shift homes up and play this six foot twelve winger that we got from the Tigers that we gave up our back row for? <laughs> You're a mad scientist, Mark. I no, like I it. think it's a good idea. I saw it on Twitter. I thought I was like, you know what? That's actually a good idea. Some of the stuff on there is terrible, but I actually don't think that's horrible. He's big enough. Like he's 100 kilos almost. And he's yeah, got, he's, what, his shoulders are fragile though. Yeah, well, you know, he's playing, playing for 30, 40 minutes. Mate, if if Connor Watson can play lock, Michael Morgan could play lock. It's a modern yeah. game, mate. It's a modern game. I love it. I, that's I'm, I, I bet you around 17 we're going to see Michael Morgan in the 13 jersey. Morgan will play for... Morgan will play thirteen. Morgan will play thirteen as soon as Jack Bird plays hooker. Mm. That'd be perfect. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, obviously we're losing Molo. Corey Jensen did really well, but I just think the minutes aren't going to be there consistently for him. Um, so I guess we'll move along to West Tigers versus Roosters. Mm. Uh, Adam Dewey comes back, which sees Moses Embai to the bench. Uh, Larry keeps his fullback position, which means it is officially Laurie's season. Yes, the trap has been avoided. Laurie's season is go. 
Laurie season is go. James Tamu uh, scored really, really good, but he's not fantasy relevant. Uh, we already sort of spoke about little. Joel Fengawi mm. um, scored a lot of PPM, uh, which is not – I mean, he's done it in the past occasionally, but it's not something we can consistently expect out of him. No, I mean, I, I, I had someone ask me about him on Facebook today and I, I did a little bit of a – like a look at him and he had uh he had eight points from force turnovers and like this force turnover stat it's really strange isn't it like it's boosting up a lot of scores um each week it seems but he also had four tackle busts now typically throughout his career he's always averaged about one to two a game um the most concerning thing for me for Uffengawi is he only got 43 minutes you know and like you've already missed a 30k price rise you probably want him averaging you know mid 40s from from here on out if you want to be buying him and i don't think he's going to get that in 43 minutes no, don't do it. Uh, Stefano had a an okay sort of start, so seven points above his break-even. He's going to start slowly burning, and that's exactly what we thought he was going to be. With this bench with Talau and Mboy, so Talau came on and played a little bit of back row. You'd have to imagine that the minutes are going to get taken off Ghana and spread across those couple of middles. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, it seems like Tommy Talao's maybe the new Michael Cheekam. Uh, mm. Yeah, that uh, he's going to. He's actually well suited up. to that role as well. He's because mm. he's played five eight. He can play fullback if he needs to. You know, they've got M by there, but you know, like it's. Uh, I actually don't mind it at all. Yeah, I think Talao's a better back rower than he is a winger. Yeah, absolutely. He actually looks pretty good in a team that did not look very good. Uh, but um, while we're while we're touching on guys that didn't look very good. The three and the four, Roberts and Leilua. Um, yeah. Leilua had an absolute nightmare, but it's what we come to expect from him. But James Roberts just, um, I'm not really sure what happened there. He just didn't get the ball a whole lot, did he? Um, he had that one spectacular play where he flew this like Benji-like flick pass out the back and set up a great try. But outside of that, he, he really didn't do a whole lot, did he? No, even defensively, he was a bit lower. Normally, he's sort of up to around the 15 tackles per game. I just think they were just... the. The Raiders just run rough shot over them. Mm. Um, in fact, I actually think 19 is a pretty good result considering what it could have been, but it's not getting any better this week. No, you're probably going to have to take these low scores for the first couple of weeks until the Tigers' uh, schedule eases up. Yep. Um, so, yeah, definitely just uh, hang on to him. Don't panic trade him or anything like that because he is going to hopefully uh, take off, so to speak. Do you like what I did there? I did, yes. Very good. Um, yeah, but uh, outside of that, I guess Tigers-wise. Your, your man, Brooksy. Oh, bro- I almost forgot. I almost missed him. 64 points. <laughs> Never in doubt. Um, obviously, with Dewey coming back, we're expecting a similar game, except not bad from Dewey as what he was with uh, Mbai. Um, but Dewey's going to be facilitating the early ball and, and um, running – and Brooks is going to be doing all the kicking and the goal kicking and, you know, setting up the tries, hopefully more than last year. We only set up three tries in the entire season. But, you know, he's almost hit his try, uh, try assist quota for the entire year, um, which is looking pretty good. Yeah, he just needs to stop kicking the ball out in the full. Yeah, well, he only got 231 kick metres. He could have had 400 if he stopped kicking it out in the full. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm definitely liking uh, – I'm definitely really, really comfortable with Brooksy now. Um, and, I mean, after their Roosters game, um, I mean, Knights, they played pretty well, but the Bulldogs, I think I'm, – I'm pretty comfortable that the Tigers are a better team than the Bulldogs as long as 
um, they stop doing stupid things. Um, and then the Eels are definitely beatable. Um, I don't know how they're going to go against the Cowboys. The Cowboys are pretty good. But um, <laughs> after that, they've got Rabbitohs, which are pretty tough. But then into Seagulls, Dragons, who knows what the Titans are going to be doing by round nine. You know, they don't, like, aside from after the first, after the Roosters, they don't, they play the Rabbitohs in six and then the Panthers on origin week when they're going to be missing, I presume, Nathan Cleary. And that's probably it. Maybe Isaiah Yo. Um, but then Eels, Storm, Rabbitohs all over the origin period uh, where Tigers will probably be missing exactly nobody. So it could be a good opportunity for them to uh, to get some wins through there. And then they've got a really soft end of the year. Broncos, Manly, Bulldogs, Cowboys, Sharks, Bulldogs again. So, um, yeah, mate, I, I, I could have Brooksy as my number 17 or 18, like in my loop slot by the end of the year. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that if he can keep that up. Um, I think a little question mark. We'll find out this week if he's going to keep the goal kicking over Adam Dewey. Yeah. Um, but like, like he did have 12 points in those turnover tackles, but that said, like if you take those away, we, I think, I, yeah, it's still 52. And I think you're sort of projecting his kick meters to go up a little bit. So I think that sort of yeah. levels it out. Mate, well, I had him at 52. That was mm. my, exactly my projection for him. So, mate, if he averages 52, I'll be very happy considering he started at 40. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving across to the Roosters. Roosters did Roosters stuff. Tedesco did Tedesco stuff. Uh, Lachlan Lamb is not an attacking weapon, evidently. Mm. Uh, or maybe he is, but the Roosters don't need him to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got alarm bells going off for Lockie Lamb. Like, if, if the Roosters can put up 46 points and he gets zero attacking stats, then they're like, oh. Right. So you let gotta... me ask you this question. If you own Lachlan Lamb right now, mm-hmm. um, would you trade him to Milford? Or, you know, basically a straight swap if you had no other um, problems? Yeah, I think I would, to be honest. I think I would just because, like, I know Milford is the dominant half in that team. Or at the very least, he's a 50-50 split with Brody Croft. You know, yep. like, Lachlan Lamb is probably the third choice in who's getting the ball. Like, Teddy's getting the ball before Lamb. You know, Kiri's obviously the dominant half. Yeah, um, and then you've got Radley to come back who plays a bit like a, somewhere between a half and a, a lock. And then you got if you got Verrills coming in or even Jake Friend, they're the same. You know they're going to be pretty dominant. He's probably the sixth choice playmaker. You know it's just not necessarily. It's like you said, everything's going to run through Milford. Yeah, well, like this is the reason I jumped off Lamb because even in the trial when Kiri was away, wasn't there? Drew Hutchinson was uh, playing doing seven, and he, yeah, and he was doing most of it. So like that sort of gave me a reason to go to chat over Lamb. That said, I still thought Lamb was going to benefit from some attacking stats. You know, being outside, uh, being inside Angus Crichton and having that awesome left edge of Jamos and uh, Tupo, you would have thought Lamb would have gotten something in a 46-point uh, drubbing, but evidently no, not. No, I think he's uh, comfortable. If you don't have any bigger problems this week, I would suggest only, and this is and this is where it comes back to this thing with the trade, you know, um, Chad, you are going to need to trade Chad in six or seven weeks. Milford, you can literally carry him for the entire year, assuming he doesn't get injured, worst-case scenario, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you stuff something up and you go, righto, I'm looking at two guys. One I know I'm definitely going to need to trade. One I'd like to trade, but worst-case scenario, maybe I'll be able to keep him as my loop slot um, because because the Broncos have got such a tough schedule to start the year, it probably means, and without even looking at it, it probably means they've got a soft one to finish the year. Let's just have a look. So Tigers, Cowboys, 
Warriors, actually, it's not even that soft. I think it's just maybe they're just a bad team and they just got to play teams above them on the ladder because they suck. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. I'm glad I didn't barrel all the way into that and I checked it first. No, so, yeah, definitely uh, he's definitely somewhat a perfect candidate for your loop slot um, for a number 18 maybe slash half cover by the end of the year. So, you know, if you're looking at the two and, you know, you, 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 you know you, maybe you're spending two trades, one of them needs to be Lamb to Milford, then, you know, maybe that's a uh, maybe that's a consideration for you as opposed to trying to get Chad when you know you're going to have to trade him as soon as Johnson's back because he's just, you know, we know what the difference is there. Um, mate, uh, James Tedesco proving why he's worth starting with. Yeah, he, um, was, uh, he was incredible, wasn't he? Yeah, as was Angus Crichton. Unfortunately, he also was incredible at squishing somebody's neck. <laughs> so he's uh, he's missing this week. Uh, captaincy options for those of us that didn't start with Crichton. Um, I'm erring away from Tedesco this week only because I think the Tigers defensively wasn't their problem per se. Yeah, they were pretty ordinary in attack, weren't they? They didn't really... Uh... Didn't really throw up a lot. And I think if they stopped doing stupid stuff, um, they would have kept it a lot closer. And I just, I'm looking at, say, like a guy like Dave Fafita who's up against that Milford versus, a uh, Milford and Ricky, you know, weak edge um, versus Tedesco. I think I'm probably going to stick with a, a forward as opposed to rolling the dice on Teddy this week. Yeah, I think I'm leaning towards David Fafita in, uh, in the revenge game. <laughs> um, so obviously Nat Butch is going to cover Crichton for a week But um, that's him Mate, uh, Takiaho I've seen a couple of people talking about trading out Takiaho This is a blanket message to everybody If you trade Takiaho, I will smack you <laughs> No, please trade him so he can be out Yes, <laughs> yes. So, uh, Yeah, you go Yeah, The Roosters were flogging him and they did it all last year. This is the exact same thing that happened last year. Trent Robinson does not run his stars into the ground when they're flogging people. He doesn't do it. Takiaho did not need to be on the field, so he wasn't on the field. In games where it's closer, he will be on the field more. It might be against the Tigers. It's definitely going to be the week after, more than likely against the Rabbitohs, assuming that they um, come out and get some confidence. Um, the Warriors is going to be a tough game against a bunch of like a big forward pack, same with the Sharks, big forward pack. Melbourne Storm, big forward pack. Dragons, probably their only strength is they've got a, a half-decent forward pack, I guess, kind of maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the Knights. So, you know, they've got a couple of tough games coming up against good teams. He's not going to be playing 43 minutes or whatever he played. And especially keep in mind if the game's close, they're going to need him on the field to kick goals if they get into that yeah. position. Like you saw James Tedesco, was the one thing he can't do is kick goals. They've lost Adam Kieran now. Like they've got really no other option. Mate, the big thing is you should actually be so happy about the fact that he actually managed to bail you out and still scored over 50 despite playing 40-something minutes. Um, that should give you more confidence in the fact that even if they are doing a drubbing, he's going to make it onto the field. And, and, you know, do something like 50's fine. Like if 50's your floor from a guy that you're playing, paying 600K for with upside into the mid-60s, like be happy about that. Don't, don't you dare trade him. Yeah, and do you really think Lindsay Collins is going to play 63 minutes no. every week? No, they can run no. Lindsay Collins into the ground. He doesn't care. Trent Robinson's a New South Wales fan. Obviously he's going to do that. <laughs> Origin hero Lindsay Collins. 
Um, yep. So that's about it. Obviously, don't get sucked into Freddie Lussick with Sam Verrills coming back. Um, just stay away from that whole situation. Um, I don't know who Fletcher Baker is, but don't get him either. Um, he's going to be gone when Crichton comes back. Uh, happy to move on? Yeah, let's uh, round, Let's finish it up. Yep, okay. Um, so we got Sharkies against the Raiders in the final game of the day. Um, so obviously Chad did very fantastic. Yeah, million kick meters for Chad. Uh, Moylan did better than expected, as did Kennedy, but don't expect that to continue against teams that aren't the Dragons. Yep. Same with Dugan. Uh, what else? Really, I can't see any fantasy-relevant players in this team other than Chad Townsend. <laughs> no. In fact, um, across to the other side, um, it's sort of a bit sparse there as well. George Williams looked really good. We highlighted him as a as a pod coming back with getting more involved as opposed to Jack Whiten. Um, you'll be shocked to discover that George Williams scored 61 points um, and Whiten scored 27. Yeah, interesting. That's Amazing, a- right? Pretty much what you projected, wasn't it? I didn't. I didn't project twenty seven, but uh, I, I, I know. Obviously, I'm shocked to find out that uh, you know, with the advent of Hodgson coming back and being able to actually understand what George Williams is saying, he was able to get the ball <laughs> from his hooker. Mate, Ryan James, very good story, fair, oh, uh, footy wise. But I uh, saw someone talking about buying him for fantasy. Please don't buy Ryan James for fantasy. Yeah. Like he, he's a great guy. It's a great story. He scored. What did he get? It was one or two tries, but his try that he got, he just absolutely ran over about four people. Oh, it gave me uh, it gave me memories of his uh, that game in Perth where he scored like two tries and put up a huge score <laughs> off the Titans yes. a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was. I think that was the week that I talked Tyson out of buying him. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I did give people a bum steer on Josh Papali, but mind you, he didn't do himself any favors getting sent to the sin bin with about two seconds to go in the game. Yeah, um, he's going to be coming down very nicely into the value area over the coming weeks. Uh, I'm really hoping for a couple of 45s and maybe like an early shower because the Raiders are putting it on somebody. I don't know if it's going to be the Sharks. It might be the Sharks. <laughs> Could be the Sharks. I thought the Dragons were going to win for about 10 minutes there. <laughs> yeah, they were looking They were looking all right, especially when they had mm-hmm. that, that try. They put them in front and then the yep. video ref put it back. Yep. Um, no, so, yeah, Raiders... Tarpany went massive, but um, he does that sometimes. Uh, and he's going to have other games where he'll get you 40 and 45 minutes as well. So um, he's just not really worth the, the outlay, I think. Yeah, um, no, I agree. He had a massive try system there too with a bunch of tackle bus. Yeah, I would not I, I would be strongly suggesting that the only players that you should have in this game would be maybe Chad Townsend and Simmonson in your number 21, and that should be it, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yep. The rest are avoids. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we'll just surge through these uh, socials questions and make sure we covered everything. Well, I know we had a question about uh, Jordan Rapana. Yeah, I'll. I'm just going to do the process. I'm going to run through the process here so I don't miss anything. Okay. Trade in one of Leniu, Davy, or Kolomatungi. Obviously, we've covered that. It's Leniu. Yeah. Who's the best mid trade in option? Lodge three ninety k or lower. Leniu. Yeah, or, probably, or maybe Fui Maiono if you don't have him. He, yeah. he, he's got that DPP. Yep. Um, if you need the dual position, go Fui. If not, um, yeah, I guess flip a coin. And the, literally the next message is or Fui Maiono. No. So, <laughs> yep. What do we do with Croker? Um, hang on to him maybe this week and see what happens. Pray for Verils. Do not get Freddie Lusick, which is the next part of his question. Yeah, um, no, I agree. 
Matt Pickering, do I trade out Takiaho to get Davey and Peachy? Give him a smack. <laughs> You're getting a smack. Does Host have to go absolutely? Yes. He uh, is a dud. He is a dud. And I think you should probably go do one of the same options that we've recommended, Fui or Lenny or Alvaro. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I still really like Davey, but it's just like wait and see sort of territory, like if he's not getting that 80. Yeah, so what do we see Davey scoring if he gets 60 minutes? Probably 40. Yeah, I'd probably put him in like the mid-30s, high-30s, low-40s sort of area, like 38 to 42 sort of range um, if he's only getting 60 to 65. Uh, yep, so who comes in for Lodge? Same as below. Uh, Fogarty and Lodge to Cleary and Stefano. Uh, no. Um, don't trade Fogarty. Do not trade Fogarty. Just lodge to Capewell. Um, don't hate it. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that. But at the same time, like you were talking about, uh, none of those Penrith forwards playing eighty. Mm. It's uh, a little bit concerning. Like, does he need an edge? I guess with Angus, Angus out, maybe that's the reason why. Oh God, yeah. More more information would be super helpful. Assuming yeah. that you, assuming that you can afford Capewell, I would suggest that uh, better I, better buys in and around the same price. I'd probably lean Milford. If, over if, yeah, if you need an edge, I'd rather go down to Fui Myone personally. Yeah, bank. I'd say bank the money. Bank the money mm. for next time. Um. All right, that's Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Turpin to Braley, good trade or sideways. Um, I'd probably try and find a different way to get Braley in. Yeah, I, I, if you could hold Turpin, I would. But, uh, I mean, Braley already had a huge price rise last week. Obviously, he's going to keep going up. But the, the question for me would be to you is, is Braley going to make 150K more than Turpin is? From this current point, like I could see Braley getting into the 600s quite easily, but I mean, same with Turpin. Um, yeah, well, he, we had him at mid to high 50s. So, yeah. yeah. So Turpin's probably going to get to around 700, you'd, you'd think. Yeah, I'd say find a better way to um, to get Braley in. That's not that. Best replacement for hosts, see previous, uh, what to do with Croak and no half coverage, hold him for a week. Do I trade SST and Turpin? To get McCulloch, mm. no, no. The, there's every chance uh, Takiyaho outscores McCulloch on a given week. You know, like because yeah. McCulloch really relies on those tackles. No, that's two smacks that one. <laughs> Spill end as well. Are we interested in Podpana? Uh, Podpana. I probably prefer Podtrick yeah. if you Podtrick if you can get him. Yeah, like they're in that sort of similar price range, like. I mean, because, you know, like, oh, I guess Rapana's only 436, isn't he? Hmm. I mean, I'm still probably leaning no just because of, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30. Uh, he got two tries in round one and still only managed 50. Yeah, so what he's suggesting here is Kelly to Rapana and Turpin to Brooks to solve the croaker issue in the backup halves. Why don't you just go Kelly to Milford? Yeah, that's one trade right there, isn't it? And and chuck Tessie in your centres for a week and just YOLO it and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, if, or if you missed Momorowski, that's that option as well. Uh, what do we think about the Panthers' edges? Uh, Momorowski is way better than Staines uh, and To'o, probably better than Crichton, but I probably wouldn't get either of them. Obviously, the, the question is, uh, which edge do we think they'll rely on mostly? And last week, Capewell moved edges, obviously, as we noted, with Luai roaming around, plenty of points, um, correct? Uh, Fantasy-wise, probably 
only players that I'd be interested in is Momo and Kate Well, but I'm less gun shy now seeing that he didn't play 80. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. Um, yeah, Momorowski looks like an absolute jet, and if the Panthers figure out to go right one week, he might actually uh, he might actually do better than 40. Yep. Uh, do we give Avarillo another guy a go or move him to Linear? Already have Croker to deal with. I would suggest oh, hanging on to Lyra. Uh, Avarillo if, against the Panthers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, if I mean, it really depends who you've got in your centers. Like, do you have other center coverage? Because, uh, like, honestly, you know, Avarillo really, really looks like Luai, but in a bottom four team, as we've said. Um, yeah. Uh, Mate, I, like the, the big thing is the list of senders is not the, of good senders is not very long, and they're certainly not mm. cheap. The good ones, and we just lost one with Aiken as well, and another one with Kelly. Um, I would suggest that you just stick it out with Avrilo and and pray that he gets better. Pray we get Greg Marzu in a week or so. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Already have Craig. Oh yeah. So Craig. So Lachlan Lamb. Um. Obviously we've addressed him. Can dump Lachlan Lamb to Jaden Braley, um, pull the trigger, absolutely. Yeah, if if, uh, if you're not worried about any half coverage, yeah, go for it. Yep. Uh, Turpin to Braley and frick, flicking Saab for Freddie Lussick. Um, definitely not the second one. If you could, I'd probably go Saab to Simmonson. Yep. Um, are, is he going to make 150K more? And Saab, yeah, I think so. I don't think Saab's going to yeah. make anything. I've got a funny feeling that Cody owns both of those guys, in which case I'd probably uh, just hold Saab and wait for uh, Sam Verrills would be my suggestion. Yeah, yeah that's um, probably probably the play. And Turpin to Braley seems maybe a bit sideways. Um, yeah, in term, yeah, in terms of scoring, I think it's a little bit sideways. And you're not really banking that much cash either. Yeah. Clint Jung. As uh, just as I thought, Croak is a dud. Unfortunately, he sucked me in anyway. Uh, do I get Fui Mano or Davy? Yeah, leaning Fui and giving Davy a week. Good move. Yeah, I agree. Um, does Momorowski hold the spot when Naden comes back from his cocaine bender in Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> I, I may have uh, amended the question slightly. Okay, I was going to say. Um, I mean, it's tough to say. Like, you never know what coaches are thinking. I would lean yes. Like, if Naden couldn't keep his spot over bloody rat bag Tyrone May, um, surely Momorowski is a better chance. Yeah, you have to think that given that Momorowski is an actual centre, not that that seems to matter, um, but Naden has good and bad games and his bad games are not very um, – they're pretty pretty low low. Bad. And, so, um, and you yeah, and you got to think you got to think the guy that's been suspended. I don't know. Like if Ivan Cleary's got a backbone, he's probably not going to walk him straight back into the team. You know, he's going to probably make him earn that spot. Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, I definitely uh, think that he's going to hold his spot. That's why I got him. David Dillon is NASA hold. I only scored thirty two. Didn't get involved. Expecting him mid forties, low fifties. Could upgrade to Tarpany or free up cash by just going down to Lenio. Croker was not very good. But might just hold on to him for a few weeks. I think that's probably a good idea. I don't know if I'd go all the way down to Lenio from Nass. What's Nass worth now? 570. Yeah, so you can go, like, I mean, out of that list, have you got Braley? Have you got Turpin? Have you got... I mean, have you got Takiyaho? Uh, like, he's... Uh, yeah. Deeper than Tappany at the moment, like yeah, definitely. Surely. All those guys. Even uh, what about bloody um, Adam Fanul Blake? 
Yeah, it could be worth a stab. If you want to have a crack, uh, eight six seventy four. Um, yeah, no, I certainly wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be rushing out to get Tarpany in, but I think you can definitely move on from Nass. Um, yeah, there's I a agree, lot of yeah. there's a lot of good options floating around in that sort of range there. Um, just de- get somebody that's a little bit more um, consistent, consistent. I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, I like Fanua Blake if you're if you're a pod man. Um, he's going to be a little bit more consistent than Tarpany, in my opinion. Um, but, um, yeah, I think he could go all the way down for sure. Yeah. To one of those guys, even like a Brooks or something like that's going to get, you yeah. Um, yeah, assuming Brooks, that you don't need a forward. Yeah. Fuamani or, da- or Davey, we've covered that. Lachlan Lamb, we've covered that. Colo, Offengawi or Armel in for Lodge. Um, none of those, Fuimanu or Lenio or Alvaro, I think. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, what do we have? Like, we've got Offen Gowie. We think he's probably going to average low 40s. I'd say Armour probably high 30s. And what was the other option? Armour, Offen Gowie, and Colmatungi. Yeah, Colmatungi. Like, who knows? Like, with that bench composition. So, I'd rather just go for a guy like Fui Maono. It looks like he's going to be getting the high 30s to low 40s. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, Craig Russell, who to replace with under 340K. Um, hold if you can. If not, maybe, uh, yeah, I like Lenier. Yeah, Lenu or Fui Mayone. Oh, geez, Fui Mayone went up in price. Yeah, Lenu then. Yep. Um, I think that's it. So, uh, yeah, thanks uh, thanks very much. And sorry if we uh, recorded this by the time you realise and put your question on, but um, hopefully we covered it for you anyway if it's about Croker, um, which odds on it is. Yep. Any, any trades for you this week, mate? Mate, at the moment, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to hold on to Brian Kelly or if I'm going to move him. Um, so I've got Kelly projected at 42 roughly, um, and I have Milford projected at 50-ish plus. It saves me from having to play Croker this week, and I can run a Ricky and Croker loophole instead, which I'm feeling a lot more comfortable with. So I've got to decide what I'm going to do with Kelly. I might I might go down to a Fumano or something mm. like that and join the dark side <laughs> with you. And that leaves me with a good chunk of cash to make a decision on what I'm going to do next week. Yeah, so I guess I'll probably just deliberate on whether it's worth um, emptying the piggy bank on Milford or or just going for uh, Fui. Because that way, if I get Milford, then I don't have to worry about trading out my only halves cover in Croker next week if Ferrells comes in and Croker sucks. Yeah. So. Um, I'm 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 flirting with a couple of decisions at the moment, um, but the only problem with if I trade out Kelly and he's only gone for two weeks, my centers are Neo and Momorowski, and I have no cover, yeah. so um, that might leave me in another question problem. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, but then I guess Croker next week if he sort of sucks and Roberts sucks again, maybe I can go across to Avarillo or or um, Roberts if I need to percent to cover worst case scenario so who knows life's my oyster i haven't decided yet what about you um well, i'm i think i'm gonna sit pretty I, I got pretty lucky that i scored you know 993 in round one so when you're in a position like that you you got the luxury of uh, sitting on a trade um i think if uh, croker does doesn't start i'll probably move him to Lenu. otherwise i think i'm gonna sit and hold and maybe wait for verils if he if he's uh, a dud again this week cool sounds good so thank thanks everybody for listening tuning in I, uh, I think we were hoping this one was going to be pretty short, but turns it's out not. it's uh, not short at all. <laughs>
I blame Ryan. Well, mate, your, your, your Cowboys um, rant was about 30 minutes. Oh, well, they deserved it. Yeah. Um, all right. And um, we'll uh, – good luck for this weekend. We'll uh, talk to you next Love week. Love you guys.